Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com slash golf. Fella. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a fresh new episode of Missing Curfew. I'm Shane O'Brien coming to you from Hall Pass Media, Newport Beach. And I am the updog. And I'm here with you, fella. I love when you're here, fella. He's back from NYC looking fresh. We got a great show for you. We're going to talk U.S. Open. Me and the updog got a little Tory Pine story. Our member guest this weekend. Something that rubbed me the wrong way. The CN Tower being lit up red, white, and blue. That's not cool. Not cool. Our boy Gerard Glant getting paid up dog. Diddy. Austin Matthews and the Beeb at UFC and much, much more. Uh, up dog? How was New York, bud? New York was great, Obes. Yeah. Uh, lovely weekend. I got to say, I know we've been chirping, uh, you know, different areas of the world for, you know. <laughs> well, mainly Canada. Whatever. It's been locked down <laughs> or whatever. But uh, that little area, West Village and Soho, I tell you, walked around with my daughter and my girl all weekend. Uh, weather was perfect. People were out and having fun. Stopped by Due West, and uh, actually, I got How's a Due couple. I got a couple missing curfew uh, shoutouts when really? I got there. Up dog, love the pod. <laughs> hey, I had a nice little table outside. I was having having a few pints. Izzy stopped over too, and uh, you know she was taking in Due West. I said, "Hey, babe, this is my daughter, of course." You're going to stay as far away from this fucking place <laughs> as, as possible because, you know, it was actually, so I had a, a table. So obviously in New York, they, uh, they've been able to build those awnings outside yeah. most of the restaurants. So yeah. now it's indoor, outdoor takes away from, you know, the, you know, the vibe inside sometimes, but, uh, at due West, it's like a gauntlet when you sit on the other side of the sidewalk and the girls are flowing through and I'm talking, it was packed. It was packed all weekend. Um, but they, you just get a good bird's eye view as they come right through. And it's either a, yeah, you can come on in yeah. or uh, hey. <laughs> Keep her moving. Hey, things are a little busy here. So, uh, you know, you might want to come back later. But it was it was a great weekend. Um, shout out to my good life boys. We met Andrew all the lads. Chris. Yeah, yeah they, were, they were there. We went and watched. Uh, uh, we had a, a great day watching Euro Cup soccer at a bar called Felix's, this European bar that just goes off. Um, and the good life guys supply all the waiters and waitresses in there with, uh, with good life teas. So it was a great, uh, great, I time. heard you watched Italy. I bet Italy shout out to, I mean, for two reasons, my band, my boy Dano on Sportsnet's the Italian guy. And then obviously the Carabini family to me, I was like, fuck, I've never really had Ireland's not in it. I put 500 on, uh, Italy to win like 3,800. So I'm pulling hard for Italy. They're one and all. Oh, sweet. They kicked the shit out of Turkey in the first game. They did. The first game of the Euro Cup. It yeah, was bad. Awesome. So we, we all jumped on the Italian bandwagon and not a bad bandwagon. Hey, I seen a couple pictures. Izzy's getting big, by the way. Like, oh, there's one she of you holding her. her. Like, she's she just got big. a little jib off to the, the, the two front ones are there. And yeah. now she got the little third one coming in on the front. 
She's getting big. She's yeah. she's buzzing. Great, greatest little baby ever. Updog, US Open Week, Tory Pines. We we got a little Tory Pines story. For first of all, remember that we we had we had Tory Pines lined up. Obviously, for the people out there that are familiar with it, it's a public track. But it's like impossible to get on because it's so busy. So this was back in the day. We we had it lined up. Remember, we were partying in Hollywood on a on a Saturday. For whatever reason, we lined it up on Sunday. Loops was supposed to come. He ends up balancing in LA with some fucking broad that he met, which I'm not going to blame him for that. But do you remember that? Do you remember stick handling down in your fucking blue Alpina? I sure do. Fucking yeah. We hadn't been to bed. We're just gunning it, trying to make our tea time. Yeah, that's uh, reminisce there perfectly, Obes. <laughs> we did have a night in LA. Oh, Lupul, our boy Loops, who did agree to come with us. Yeah, he was. It was his up, idea. I, I remember the girl. I just I can't say her name. <laughs> um, you know, it, there was no getting him out of bed in the morning because he's like, no, I'm going and I'm going to chase this girl around all day Sunday. So we're like, all right. And buddy, we stick handled down there. It, what a beast of a club. It's, How hard was it, man? It reminded me of back home and you say public track because um, they announced your tea times over the intercom. Like next on tea, you know, the O'Brien foursome. And then it'd be like on deck, 20 yeah. minute call for the, you know, for the <laughs> Max Miller foursome. Um, so anyway, it was, it was a great, a great moment, uh, recognizing some of the holes along the water. Epic 18 epic. I just always think of Tiger Woods playing there when he was banged up and in 2008, I watched that. Yeah. I mean that Rocco mediate, you gotta, I mean that guy hung so tough in that. I watched it the other, like last week it was on like a Monday or something after I worked with, with cools and the boys and like. That rock immediate played so good, man. I mean, Tiger had to birdie 18 twice to force another. Like, he birdied it on eight on Sunday, that the putt you're talking about. Yep. Then he fucking birdied it on the Monday to force an extra playoff hole after 18. Like, it was, I forgot how much Rocco hung in there. So it was pretty impressive. Yeah, it's awesome. So I'm actually thinking of, we, you know, we're going to jump into this now the yeah. Balboa tournament, defending champ. The Balboa. Before we get in the Balboa, do you want to pick somebody at Torrey Pines? I or do. Who do you want to pick? I do. I'm, you, want me, you want me to go first? Yeah, I do. Go for it. I'm torn between two guys. I'm torn between Alexander Shifley, because he's from there, Okay. and John Rahm. Ah, you got me. Rahm got fucked the other weekend, Fuck. so I wanted to take him, because he's he, he's going to come back with a vengeance here. He was absolute. I feel bad for him, man. He was absolutely striping it at the Memorial. Like, it was over. Up six shots, and then the old fucking COVID bullshit what'd you say about our boys at DraftKings too they gave the money back to anyone that had John Rom. anyone who picked John Rom to win got paid out in full not wow. money back paid out in full okay so I'll take Alexander Shifley it's I'll give classy. you I'll give you John Rom, and then obviously let's pick another I'm hoping for for Phil can't do it again right you can't catch lightning in a bottle twice in a row Phil okay? cannot but maybe he can <laughs> imagine he, did. he likes it he needs he it for the career grand slam fuck would he his head would explode if he won this one too I know Okay, I'll take Shifley. You got Rom, and then I'm gonna take Rory too. Rory, okay. Rory's due again. I'm just gonna take Shifley. I think Shifley's gonna get it done, just because he's a San Diego boy. Um, you mentioned the Balboa. I'll give you a shout out to you. You are the defending, defending champ. Although champ. two year, you're not bringing back your same partner. So no, are you technically defending champ without the same partner? Yeah, or? I'm def actually technically I'm defending champ, two time defending champ. Oh, you're taking the COVID win too. I am. <laughs> my, my picture's still up there. Hey, let's talk about our fucking 7-18 tea time on Thursday morning. I was over at Loops's on Saturday. He played the member member. Shout out to Eric Labe. And I'm like, Loops, you know, Loops is like, I had the ball great. I'm like, yeah, we got a chance. We just got to hang in there in that 7-18. I'm not a morning guy. You know what I mean? I can't play that early. I don't care what I do the night before. It's tough. Don't you find it tough? Uh, yes and no. 
I, I, I like just, you know, it's fresh. I feel like it's competition. So you're going to get the, you know, you're going to get the best upshot out there. I tell you that. Yeah. And if I'm not playing good, I'm going to be competing hard and having a good time. So we got to give us lots of shots. So. The, men- the mental aspect of this match, Obes, is go in. It's you and I playing together. You know, you got your partner, Lupul. I got my boy, Aber. And we are, uh, it's fucking every What's man. What's his handicap? Every man for themselves out there. I think he's a seven. Ooh. He's a seven. Same as me. Okay. So we'll have a good match. It'll be fun. It's a member guest. It's three days. Um, yeah, it's uh, what's the mo- first day best ball, second day Chapman, and then add them up. So um, U.S. Open week, can't wait to watch it and enjoy it. Up dog, I know you didn't grow up a Leafs fan. I know your dad did, right? Or he, he sure was, did. Big yeah. Scott is Leafs through and through, baby. So I got to ask your thoughts on the CN Tower being lit up, red, white, and blue. I mean, it happened last week. Obviously, Montreal won the North Division, but for me, I was just like, and, and even. You know, we had some buddies text us. Loops is a former Leaf guy, and he was like, "Is this fucking serious? Are they? You know, like it's just something." I get it. CN's run by is a good Canadian government, run by the Canadian government, but can't happen. Not downtown Toronto. Fuck, that's just like salt, salt in the wound. In the wound is right. Just that's the dagger in there, and just kind of spun sideways right in their back. <laughs> uh, no, and I was an Oiler fan. You taught, you asked if I was a Leaf or, or Hab fan. My my old man being from Newfoundland. In Newfoundland, you're either a Leafs fan. Or you're a Montreal Canadiens fan. That is it. So shout out to all the newfies out there, back there on the rock who, oh, that's uh, right. who yeah. are cheering for their for their Habs. This you know you're gonna have to cheer harder. They're gonna need to hear you from where you are because they're they're in one in Vegas. But um, it's like in Edmonton. Oh, it would be in Edmonton, like the the water at the water park at West Edmonton Mall, getting fucking red and you know red and white calgary flame color dyed exactly and then you fucking got the dolphins like jumping out of the pool <laughs> looking like calgary flames not cool not cool not you want cool. me to tell you what rick rally said about it or boy rick rally i i, saw, I said yeah, what did he say? i said i go rick you can't light up the seed tower red right and blue and he said fuck bud that is the biggest <laughs> cock shit in the world that's like fucking holding the camera while your wife gets fucked <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's well said. So, I mean, that's just like you hold the camera while your wife gets uh, I mean, the Leafs have gone through enough this year. You don't need to fucking light up the CN Tower. And then they did that Niagara Falls yesterday. So I was like, I was talking to Cools and the boys from Ontario. I'm like, boys, what is going on up there? Somebody step in here. Well, what, would they have done it for the Vancouver Canucks there too? Or what, what's going on? Great point. What's going on? I don't I know. I feel like Toronto and Montreal, they just need something good to happen. So them. those are obviously two like Canadian-run monuments of of uh, canada right so i guess the government can step in there and fucking you know cn's a montreal-based company i don't know for vancouver i bet you they wouldn't have done it calgary i bet you they wouldn't have done it it's just because their head office is in uh they montreal. don't like alberta I'll so throw it out there fucking canadian government ontario come on boys give your fucking balls a tug up there fucking don't be letting the red white and blue run through the province i have to come up there and step in um uppy a guy that we love tremendously. Um, we talked about what he did at the World Championships. He finally got rewarded. A uh, little missing curfew bump. He came on. Either way, he was going to get a job. Let's be serious. But Gerard Gallant, New York Rangers. Listen to this. Turk, dust off that credit card. Four years, three and a half bananas a year. That is fucking National League dough there. Yeah, the coaches are raking in the money this year. Fuck. Fucking Should we get in the coaching? I mean, <laughs> and... and, and it's much harder to be a, a assistant coach, I think, than it is a head coach. All the work those assistant coaches do in, in the, the videos and the, uh, you know, having to talk to the players all the time. I th- feel like the head coach, he just loves. You got to be a, you got to be a great guy, good leader. You got to be look good on camera, speak well, 
Fucking then, I think then, it there depends. comes the Benjis. It's a good point, but I think it depends on what head coach you work for. I remember yeah. like the assistant coach who DJ Smith, who's now the head coach for the Ottawa Senators, when he was working under Babcock, I guess Babs would have him at the rink watching fucking 12 hours of video. Like, and I'm sure if like Hartley, if you worked for him, I'm going to, you know, I'm sure Bob Hartley was tough on his guys too. But I think for the most part, if you get a guy like Gerard, I'm sure he's yeah. probably pretty like, like yeah. Mike Kelly works for him, Mike right? Mike Kelly is still with him. Yeah. So, so he'll be, I mean, they'll be dusting off their credit cards and getting a couple of <laughs> penthouses downtown. So do you think he can go in there? Listen, I watched the Rangers play down the stretch. Offensively, they were probably the most exciting team to watch. Now, they're young. They got some obviously some high end talent guys that, you know, need to learn to need to learn how to play away from the puck. Do you think Gerard could come in there X's and O's wise? Listen, there's no better guy in the world than bringing out the best in people and bring your dressing room together, but can he come in there in the details and teach these kids how to play away from the puck so they can win right away ups? Obes, it's a good point. I think you know, he we always talked about him being a veteran uh, a veteran coach with um you know potential to really help a veteran team get to the next level that's the way i've always seen him because he's just so honest and open and and most mostly that that affects and and speaks well to the older guys i think you know as far as x's and o's he's gonna come in and what he's what he will do is get these guys energized exactly he's done it everywhere in florida and in vegas he comes in He's, he tells the guys, don't worry about anything else. Just go play hockey. It was like a message, I think, right from day one. So I think you'll see that team kind of come, you know, they, they finish strong. Like you said, at last half of the year, a Our lot offense. of good positive things. Great goaltending, great offense. Um, you know, they get guys back healthy again. Uh, and it's the New York Rangers. It's an idolized franchise that has money. Um, and... You know, they're going to obviously make something something happen. They're making a splash with the coach. They'll make a splash at free agency. What kind of draft pick did they get? Do you know? I think they got like... Top 10? No. Middle of the pack or middle something. Middle of the pack. Like All right. But so. I think the one thing I think Turk's going to be good at, because now there's going to be pressure, right? I mean, you see it in, in New York all the time. Um, last year, there wasn't a whole lot of pressure on their squad. Now, you know, they finished strong. They gave Turk a big contract. These guys are going to have to perform, right? We saw what happened with Washington and fucking the cleaned house. So um, I'm happy for him. I think it's a great signing. I I'm glad that's where he ended up because I think it was the best fit for him, maybe besides Seattle. But I think he's going to go in there and do a hell of a job. Do you think it was his uh, Team Canada performance? It had to be. I think his Team Canada performance I mean, took him from where he was like, okay, in the mix for a job to like the guy. To He's going to be the guy to go somewhere and then everything else will fall. Yeah, like I, I bet you after that, he could have picked wherever he wanted to go, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Right? I think Columbus, they hired Larson. I think that's a good move. He was their head coach in Springfield. I think to Columbus fans, I think you're, you know, you're three, three to five years away. Bring up a guy that's had your guys in the minors. You're in a rebuild. And I just think for Turk, that going to New York with some high-end talent that's, that's buzzing, that he can go there and be the guy to to uh, get him over the top. Awesome. So congratulations to him. Um, next time we see him, he'll maybe buy the boys around or like hey, three and a half so, bananas. Yeah, maybe some Kentucky fried chicken. Three and a half bananas. That's, that's the most impressive. That's more than he's made in his fucking, what do you think he made? That's more money than he made playing. Yeah, no, for, sure. for sure. For sure. But, so. but you know what? He's put his time in, man. He's a no, fucking he's great. legend. And it was so great to hear him talk about the whole world championship experience and how the team came together. So he's a beauty. Congratulations. Up dog, I was texting with you last night. We flipped the game on, and you know we're hard on NBC because we well, we expect a little bit more from them, right? We expect a little bit more <laughs> from them. They fucking come out of the gates with a new set in the semifinals. I've been fucking chirping their set for the last five years, being like, let these people sit down, change the camera angles, 
Like unless you're in, on their old set, unless you're Keith Jones down the pipe or Milbury back in the day, the other guys on the side view, it was just a, it was just not a National League setup. And then boom, I thought the new set looked great. But looked what, great. what were your thoughts on that when when the contracts up? I mean, the depth was better, way better. It was like you, keep the people six feet apart if you want, but the depth was just to, to the to the eye. It looked better. Yeah. Get these guys more relaxed. I mean, look at us. We're shooting the shit, chilling. Yeah. It should be more relaxed. It should be a, you know, tell us how you feel. Don't like feel the pressure. You only got 20 seconds to get off your point. Like just, just have a little, you know, flow, have a little flow, a little shoot around for, you know, for the 10 (laughs) minutes that you got. Um, I mean, speaking of a, still some of the talent. Though. Speaking of a little shoot around, did you see that clip that uh, Princey posted from our previous shows that we got back? And then of when we're talking about going no bucket, and then, and then it shows you just out there, <laughs> just the sauce, yeah. <laughs> just sauce and everything. Princey, good job, buddy. Uh, Princey, that, was a good, that was a good flow date. I, I think who was who was someone messaged like what backhand cheese? I it think was it might just T Berry. It was just so perfect that like he Princey did such a great job of. You know, you talking while you're doing it. You're like, yeah, boys, fucking warm up. It's just like an NBA shoot around. You just go out there. You got your fucking bucket off. You just fly around. And you're just like out there actually doing that. So um, NBC, we're hard on you. Uh, congrats on the new set. Wait, wait till the, <laughs> next time, wait till the cup finals before you break it out. Uffy, we've been talking about this. Uh, one of my former teammates, a guy you probably battled a lot against, Ryan Kessler. Um, he's doing this thing for sports that called Kess's House. First of all, that fucking shack he's got. Wow. It's Castle. That Kess's is a castle. Kess's castle. castle. Um, pretty cool stuff, though. I mean, he had Post Malone on there. Yeah. Uh, Ocho Cinco. What's the tennis player that you Jeannie beat? Bouchard. I had she, lunch next to her in, uh, at Pastis in New York. She was there game. playing some kind of ping pong game with a bad wing. It's, yeah, she had shoulder surgery, it looked like, anyway. Yeah, well, it's pretty cool that he's doing that because we talk about doing fun stuff for hockey. And I yeah. thought, like, how, but how does he know all is these people? Is he fucking, flying all these people? I know. Out there? It can't be on his dime. No, and good job, Sportsnet, for yeah. getting them all these people. I mean, maybe Kess is. Is friends with Post Malone? I don't know. Is he? I, I, I know. Um, I know Segs is. Oh, really? So you know, but I don't know where the where the Kessler Sagan relationship is at all. But um, and then the chirps we had on our our pod, or we had on Princey found missing curfew Instagram, where yeah. he was chirping JJ Watt about yeah. not knowing anything about hockey because JJ Watt put out a tweet about Cole. Caulfield, yeah, because he went to Wisconsin, yeah. saying we need more of this, you know. And I guess JJ Watt doesn't want to come on the Kess House show, so Kess was in typical Kessler fashion. He couldn't help himself but to fucking beat JJ Watt. <laughs> He's like, I've called JJ Watt out. This guy doesn't know fucking anything about hockey. So, um, I think it's cool though. Ups. Yeah. I mean, I was shocked that Kess knew all these people. I guess good on Sportsnet for getting them. And then the one thing about Post Malone, he asked him, "Are you going to be doing any shows?" And Post Malone was like, "I'm not in shape to go out there and perform right now." Because I guess Post Malone dances a lot when he's up there as well. So. For sure. He's probably just smoking weed and just, fucking drinking yeah. Bossier so. this whole time. He's fucking nasty, though. Post Fuck, Malone's he's nasty. nasty. So, and, and they're airing during the games? When are they airing? I'm, I'm not sure because obviously it's on Sportsnet, so it's just in Canada. Oh, right? yeah. I'm only seeing That's, it through. Yeah, I know. We need it down here. Canada. That's the problem, but open up the borders. Good on Kess. Good for you, buddy. Kess is still looking like he could play. By the way, he's in good shape. So, um, well, when you got a gym like that in your shack, fuck basketball court, hockey arena, wake, bar, wakeboard, bar. bars, fucking massive. Kess's that's, nightclub. That's a good place to catch a buzz. Maybe we should go up there. Kess, it's have the Mich- boys on. It's in Michigan, though. You want to go to Michigan? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. The lakes are nice there, but uh, Kess, good job, buddy. Yeah. Up dog, I wanted to talk to you about. We watched the UFC fights the other night, and um, 
you know, obviously the Leafs, we all know what happened, but in comes Justin Bieber and Austin Matthews and our boy Freddie Anderson. They wheel in backstage with the Biebs, which is beyond National League. And we always talk about showing these guys personalities. And I thought it was cool that they were there at the UFC fight. I guess I'm asking or I'm curious if you're Kyle Dubnis, if you're Sheldon Keefe, if you're fucking Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, I don't even know who fucking owns that, but are you concerned that this guy's hanging out with the Biebs? Like, he's your face of your franchise. Yeah, I'd say trade him. Trade him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Toronto, how do you like that? No. Who cares? Okay. Kids hanging out with Beaver. Beaver's the coolest <laughs> fucking motherfucker on the planet right now. I mean, yeah, no, it's think legit. of the residual kills you get from hanging out with him. Well, kind Let of alone hanging out with Austin Matthews. I'm sure that guy's DM uh, is backlogged beyond. I even. mean, what kind of aftershaker do you think they had in Scottsdale that night after the UFC? That's Bieber where it and was, Matthews. Right? Yeah. I, it was at your Scottsdale. old barn in Phoenix. The Gala. The Gala River Arena or whatever they call it. That's a tough, tough barn to get out to. Maybe they took a chopper that barren there and back. They had, I think they, I think I saw the clip that came off sprinter? a little sprinter van. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Um, I think it's cool. What, what do I got down here? Residual kills for sure. <laughs> Hanging out with Beaver. Um, <laughs> Toronto kills. just, you know what? It's not all on Austin Matthews or Freddie Anderson. Freddie didn't even play. Yeah. It's the season's over. Do what you These want. These kids, that, I mean, Austin Matthews lives in Scottsdale. Good for him. And he's boys with Beaver. Totally. It's it, To me, I think that that's the NHL needs more of that. Take note on how they walked in and the film that they got and how that went viral. I mean, what Austin Matthews did for hockey just by hanging out with Bieber is almost as good as what's going on with NBC Sports right now watching the game. <laughs> it's probably got more views, that Instagram picture, than than all of NBC all for sure. Sports. No, so. it's, I mean, for listen, as an ex-player, if I could have hung out with the fucking Biebs, yeah. I would have went to fucking UFC with the Biebs, walked in backstage and sat front row, 100%. I was just... From a fucking management from perspective, yeah, yeah, yeah. GM perspective, I'm sure Kyle Dubas is like, I wonder what Matthews did Saturday night with Bieber at fucking. Well, Kyle's still probably crunching numbers right now. He's yeah. probably figuring He's out. He's got how bigger to things under, to worry yeah, about. How to get under the cap next year. Hey, I'll tell you what. I mean, those guys are all obviously fashionable guys, and they were all wearing hoodies in the desert. I'm like, fuck, even Freddie hoodies Anderson. Hoodies and sweatpants. Hoodies and sweatpants. I'm like, gotta be a little warm, no? Yeah. It's fucking like 110 it's, it's, in fucking Phoenix. It's crazy. Why would they do that? <laughs> I don't know, but I guess they must have had a team memo on Beebs. How said, much hey, smoke boys. came out of that bus when they opened the door? Probably a lot. But Beebs, Matthews, Good I wish I could have went to that aftershaker. I guarantee Did it. Did he sit right on the right? They on the sat cage. like second row, third row, yeah. How about Nate Diaz? That guy's a fucking badass, isn't yeah. he? Oh, my God. Shout out to our boy Richie was there too, eh? Was he? Richardson. I thought he was back in Cali. Is he, he back play, in Cali? He, he wants to play golf. Yeah, he's looking. I thought golf. I saw him at the at the, at the fight. I think he's in Hermosa Beach with his new baby girl and everything. Good yeah. for him. Yeah, so. Good for him. Matthews Bieber. Fuck, I'm jealous of that shake. That aftershaker would have been something special, I guarantee. Uppy, you talked about fourth lines, and it's something that we have noticed. Obviously, you know, the second half of your career, late in your career, you became a great fourth liner in the playoffs. You talk about Kyle Dubnis. If these GMs out there that have good hockey clubs, if you don't think you need a fourth line to compete in the Stanley Cup playoffs, then you're in the wrong fucking business because you look at Vegas, great fourth line. Islanders, unbelievable fourth line. Tampa's fourth line. It's just proven that, you know, regular season you need superstars and then your superstars got to perform come playoff time, but you need other guys to fill in roles. And if your fourth line can chip in, it helps you win playoff series. Fourth lines help you win championships is what they do, Obes. And it's, <clears throat> it's becoming relevant right now with the teams that are left. And I'm going to exclude Montreal right now, although their guys, I, I 
I think they played a hell of a game last night. They have like four fourth lines, Montreal. Vegas, yeah. Vegas, Ryan Reeves makes your team a better player, a better team. Yeah. He is energized. He gets the fan in it, the fans in it. He hits guys. He's intimidating. Um, Islanders, fourth line, Martin, Sezikis, Clutterbuck are. They are effective every time they're out on the ice. They get put on there to start the game. They get put on there to finish the games. That, to me, is is when coaches have trust in those guys that other players don't want to be. You know, if they're up 3-1, you know, you, you, you've played with the cookie monsters that are all upset that they don't get out there for the, for the empty net goal. Good teams have these role players that go out there and finish the job when it needs to be done. Or start the game and get the puck in the zone and create some energy. It's not all about your superstars. They don't exactly. need to play 25 minutes a night. They're going to be fucking wore out. And we've, we've seen that. Yeah. We've seen that. And unfortunately, now some, some teams that have the best players in the game are out because they don't have those role players. And then Tampa Bay with, with old Patty Maroon, shout out, going for three cups fucking the Fucking big rig. The big rig. I mean, you can't make that shit up. It's just, it's just true. Yeah, and I, I would glue guys. You need them. You don't need them just for taking the boys out and having a good time, or playing the tunes in the room, or keeping it light, or being able to talk to the coaches and sort out things for the guys. You need them to fucking be out there winning battles, blocking shots, breaking their own ankles instead of fucking your best players, things like that. Absolutely, and, and I guess the biggest thing I'm like I think about this is I guess it's not even the GMs, maybe it's the scouts. Like, is it hard to find these fourth line guys? Like. Are they out there? Or I, I, They're I just, out there. And they got to be out what. there. Fuck. They just get overlooked because all of a sudden there's the new young player that's got to come in and find a spot. Yeah. And so you give up, you know, you kind of, ah, that we can replace him. We can replace him with a younger kid that's going to be making 800 for the next three years. Um, you know, but come crunch time, Obes, come playoff time, come when things matter. You can't have enough of these guys. Exactly. Yeah, yeah they might be a step behind. They might not, you know, have the foot speed to fucking, you know, blow by guys wide, but they know how to win. Yeah. They've fucking been there. They've played playoff games. It's I so just think you need the four lines. And, and like you just said, it's it's evident now that that these guys can take off a little bit of the load come playoff time. And teams, if you don't figure it out, you're not ever going to fucking win. And yeah, exactly. And you know what else you need is you need six fucking D. Yeah. You watch the Vegas Golden Knights, and we're going to get into it with when we bring Broadway on for our tea time segment. I pumped the abs all year. <clears throat> you were with Vegas, and then I finally, near the end, I finally got you to switch. <laughs> I finally, you had to listen to my big mouth for so long that you're like, ah, oh, maybe the abs are. But you watch that fucking Vegas Golden Knights team, and they're 60, they're 5 6, holding White Cloud. Fuck, they go D to D, up the wall, make the right plays. Fourth line, 60, depth this time of year. It's so important. I mean, when I watch these games, it makes it makes me so happy that there's still that role for these guys, that you need bangers, you need crashers, you need veteran guys to go to the net. So for GMs out there, I'm telling you, fucking get some good character guys in there. It's going to help you come playoff time. Updog, our boy Princey, he pulled up a clip of uh, of Matthew Barnaby. Actually, oh, Princey, there, I wonder if you can find the clip of when Barnaby, my rookie year, so we go out for warm-up. And I, all I want to do is fight, fight Matthew Barnaby, right? Because yeah. I know one thing. I know two things. He's probably not going to knock me out. And the fight's going to go for a fucking minute, right? Because remember his fights? They'd be like, oh, yeah, they yeah. would just be he'd fucking. He'd be naked by the Yeah, like he'd just be pumping up the crowd. And you're like, I'm like, I got to fucking get in this fight with Barnaby. So in warm up, I go right at him. I'm like, Barnes, come on, man. Give it to me. Really? He's like, fuck you, it. rookie. Who are you, bud? Anyways, long story short. Before the game, Carlisle's like, hey, Obi, be careful that Barnaby. Eh? Like, he'll fucking suck you in. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever, Randy. 
So sure enough, first period I go out there. <laughs> Barnaby says, "Let's go, kid. Let's go." I drop my gloves and he just <laughs> he skates away, and I get the extra two, and I end up getting benched. But um, did you see the thing? I showed you the thing. Avery and Barnaby on Twitter. So Barnaby calls out Aves, saying, "I want to fight you in the uh, in the rough and rowdy, roughy rowdy." They want the yeah. And then Aves comes back with, fuck you, Barnaby. I'll fight you in my parking lot on Instagram. Yeah, what is what that a stat sheet you got framed behind you of the game you played eight fucking minutes in? You got to be careful going at Aves on Instagram, yeah, man. If, yeah, you think he, if you think he's coming back with nothing, you're fucking nuts. That's all the guy does all day now is raise his kids, fucking do cameos, and fucking chirp people on Instagram. Yeah, like, and just watch hockey and talk. Yeah, like what would Good you think about him. that? I thought I would pay money. I would watch Aves and Barnaby. I would. I would. That would be a better fight than um, than the one I watched this weekend. Who was uh, what Paul and no, no, that was actually I didn't watch that, but that was half decently entertaining. Um, no, it was it was the guy from uh, the Lakers, fucking married to the Kardashian, um, the big fucker, Lamar, Lamar Odom? Odom. Thank you. He fought. Yeah, he fucking. <laughs> he, he, knocked guys, out, he knocked out uh, Ocho Cinco, didn't he? No, Ocho Cinco. Aaron Carter, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ocho Cinco got dropped. He got dropped. He got okay. fucking dropped, yeah. Ocho got dropped. Ocho got dropped. But bounced back up, but got dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that was the same card as the Paul and Mayweather. Oh, it was? Oh, yeah. shit, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. right. Fuck, there's my boxing knowledge. But no, of it's course I'd pay, I'd pay that. I just like seeing guys who aren't, you know, much fighters just get KO'd. Cause These guys are too legit fighters, though. I know they are. That's why it would be, and, would be entertaining. And Barnaby said... Barnaby said, your Aves are younger, which is true, and that Aves is in better shape, which is, Barnes, I love you, but he's in way better shape. But Barnaby's the old veteran guy. Yeah, he's been hitting the fucking face before. He knows what's going on. So I think that stuff's, I think it's good and fun. I don't think, I don't know if they're going to do it or not, but um, I had a good I mean, laugh at both it. may make a couple million bucks. Fuck, why wouldn't they get in there? Could they, though, you think? Maybe. I mean, fuck, they're both big names. Aves is a huge name, and, and Barnaby, especially in the States, everyone knows who Matthew Barnaby is. Yeah. Played for the Rangers, Pens, fought everyone. I mean, fuck, those are two guys that could maybe do it. So um, we had a good chuckle over it. <laughs> I'll fucking fight you in my, in my driveway on Instagram. So Aves, you beauty. Uh, up, we want to give some love to Pekka Rene, King Clancy Award winner. Um, been in Nashville for 15 seasons. Everyone loves him. Crazy. Um, just your thoughts on how good of a team guy, community guy, well-deserved, probably done in Nashville, maybe done in his whole career, but one of my favorite teammates. Ever. Yeah, he was. He was, uh, I remember him as a rookie Obes coming in, goofy fucking six foot six, you know, finished bastard, tall, lanky bastard. Yeah. Um, had him in Milwaukee, man, had him in Nashville, incredible guy, always a smile on his face, always. no matter what, you know, he's like flurry. You look at flurry, the way he plays and competes. And then after the game, it's, it's, you know, this is why we do it. We have fun. Um, so, yeah, shout out to him, King Clancy. Uh, a lot of work with Hockey Fights Cancer. I think that's a follow-up to uh, to his teammate forever, Shea Weber, who also, um, you know, gave back a lot to the community and to, uh, you know, to sick kids and and families. So it's it's awesome, and we wish Pekka the best, and we'll have him on here at some point when uh, when we reach out to Finland. Absolutely. And, yeah, to the National Predators organization, and, and Peck said this in his acceptance speech last night, you know, they gave them the, the platform to do it, and um, like you said, he always had a smile on his face. He was one of those guys that, I mean, I loved him for many reasons. One, because he never gave up a fucking rebound back in the day. He caught every puck. Like, he'd catch it here, yeah. he'd catch it here. Uh, Pecks, if you are done, buddy, what a great run. Uh, good for you on the award. Um, we had some awards in Nashville, but it wasn't the King Clancy, was it? <laughs> no, no, the drinking F and eights hey, at the Tin Roof. I started following Tin Roof on Instagram. Fuck, it's still going off there. Oh, right? I know, I know. I get the itch every time I see it. So it's too bad Nashville just couldn't make it to, the, you know. 
get out of you know what they played great down the stretch i was ripping dave Poyle. i thought they were completely done and they rallied you know when they got at home back yeah you know they found a way and they gave carolina everything they got but that's such a great hockey town i mean such a great that fan base in carolina they set the tone for the whole playoffs this year i mean they were the first two barns that got her going we're gonna do a DraftKings uh special trip out there next year i would make, make that clear up dog you the man i can't wait for this weekend Let's bring in our boy, Jimmy, Jimmy Broadway Scoopsy. Welcome back to Missing Curfew. Up dog, before we bring in our boy, Scoopsy. Okay, so it was Lamar Odom dropped oh, yeah, yeah. Aaron the Carter. Boxing. Yeah. yeah, Aaron Carter deserves to get beat up for the, the way he looks now. He's in one. Huh? He just got out of rehab and shit. We heard. Yeah, I just like the you know the blonde tips, and I was I was a culprit of it back the in the day. Tips. But I mean, like them. really, still like that's how I, you, <laughs> that's a good point. So that's a good point. I think Lamar Odom did the right thing. But man, when I watched it, I was like, damn, this is like this guy's like six eight, six nine. Actually, Lamar Odom's probably taller than that. I, yeah, Lamar Odom's like six. Dropped him. I will say about these athletes that are gonna fight. If you're yeah, good on them. Like start knocking guys out if you're gonna do it because you're making us athletes look fucking bad like if you're gonna get in there with a youtuber yeah i'm not saying the pauls those guys are training full time like those guys are boxers now but these other guys so good on lamar yeah i didn't know what you're talking about i apologize but i'm gonna have to pull it up on it's because it was on a different card it was on like a youtube card and no it was last weekend it was these two guys it was a youtuber and a tiktoker yeah. and the, i think the tiktoker ended up getting fucking good. dropped so good um without YouTube further ado broadway scoopsy hazy what's up boys Guys, I'm having a tough time betting here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to start taking some advice from you guys because you guys are starting to clean up here, boys. But I miss you guys. Our guest coming on, um, who will be Brian Berard, I think is probably gonna let you have it a little bit hazy. He calls you mush from that one movie. What's mush, that one movie? mush, mush, mush. Isn't that a one movie though? Isn't that from a movie where the guy couldn't pick a fucking winner? Uh, I don't know if it's a movie, but that, that's what it's like referred to. It's like a mush. Like I. Oh, it is. Oh, it's got to be a Boston thing. Yeah. The oh, mission, it's a Boston thing. Yeah, you're you're an absolute mush. Uh, yeah, like you just. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're an absolute mush. That's you don't want to be known as a mush. Because Joe DeMarco sent me something about your picks too. He was chirping you. Let me see if I can pull it up. I got to be honest. I am on fucking fire. Yeah. My poor bookies. Mush. Just yeah. No, Eddie Mush from the movie. Fucking. Uh, Kingpin? The Bronx Tale or whatever here. Hold on. Eddie Mush. Yeah. So this is the guy from the racetrack where the guy comes down and they're like, they got all their money on this horse. And then Mush shows up and they're like, yeah, we got the nine horse. And the guys are like, fuck, not Mush. And they, they don't even watch the race. They just leave because Mush bet it. And sure enough, the horse was leading. And then at the very end, they lose. Oh, no. It's from a Bronx tale. Yeah, hey, that just goes to sum it up, boys. I can't even get the fucking quotes right. So I'm fucking mushing everything right now. This is a tough, tough stretch for Broadway. It was good in Vegas with you guys because I was... Pretty much peer pressure, just take whatever you guys are doing. But when I get home, I start overthinking this shit. And man, that is not good. My dad had <laughs> give me a pep talk because I was telling him my strategy. And he's like, that's literally how you don't bet. Like, What I, is your strategy? Tell us your strategy. Tell us your thought process throughout the last couple picks. Well, my thought process was Vegas goes in and wins two in a row. And I think Colorado is one of the best teams in the world. There's no way they can lose three in a row. So you hand with Colorado. They lose three in a row. There's no way they can lose four in a row. So you double up, and now you're in a fucking big-time hole. My dad was like, you got to ride the wave, and that's what's going to make you some money. If you start thinking, I mean, to play the game. If we, wouldn't have, if we wouldn't have went to game four in Vegas, I would have hammered the abs in game four. I thought they were going to win. Yeah. 
That was that was a consensus, and thank Fuck. God we went because that was epic. Yeah, it sure was. Now, those Vegas gays, even last night, boys, that is a nightclub in there, and it's only getting fucking crazier. How about those yellow glow sticks they have out now, right? Those <laughs> fucking, I, I was like, I would have, I would have loved one of those at excess. I tell you that. <laughs> I think you did. I think you had one, bud. I think you did have one. Um, Scoopsy, we got our uh, our segment tea times presented by our good friends at Good Life. Um, with your former team, the Boston Bruins, being out. Um, give us your thoughts on the season they had. There's some rumblings that, you know, Bergeron finally looked slow. He kind of looked old. Um, do you think that they have a window left? Is it over? Um, some people say only winning one cup in the last 10 years is kind of a, a underachievement for them. What are your thoughts on the Bruins and, and what the Islanders did to knock them out? Um, the first thing is I did not see that coming. I thought Boston was going to put up a, a much better fight and the, and they did not. And the, like you said, they, they looked tired. Cause I don't want to say they didn't give an effort in that last game. Cause I think they're, they're laying on the line all the time. They just looked like they were, you know, almost outclass. And I got to give New York Islanders credit. They're a lot better than I thought they were. And to, to answer your question with one cup in the last 10 years, it's kind of shocking because of that roster that they have and those players. You'd think they'd have some more success, like the teams in Chicago that won three. Uh, now you got Tampa Bay starting to look like one of those teams that's going to contend every single year. So have they underachieved? Yes. But I wouldn't say it's from a lack of effort. Yeah, Jimmy, you talk about it. It's That just proves just how hard it is to win yeah. and how much luck you need to have going into that time of year and, and bounces, you know, and scoring timely goals and having, you know, everyone kind of just stay healthy. Yeah, health, it's health. crazy. But w winning, winning is all about good fortune, hard work, and kind of luck and leaving it on the table. I would say good fortune and luck kind of go hand in hand. But, but to say underachieving, if you win a Stanley Cup with a with a group of guys and they stay together for a long, long time. You still can't say you underachieve if you win the fucking the Holy yeah. Grail. To me, that's that's weird. Now. Should they make a few changes and break things up and change it? Yes, I think that that, that could be probably time. They they set part they parted ways with Chara, um, you know, parted ways with Tori Krug. Now they might have to part ways with one of the you know you know maybe the centerman of the perfection line if if in fact they can get still value for him. Um, I don't know. Is his contract up? Who's that? Bergeron. Bergeron. No, no. no. But we got some guys hazy. Yeah. So Taylor Hall. I can't go a podcast without ripping Taylor Hall here, right? Yeah, I, I was about it. to ask one, you all what's your opinion on what they do. Yeah, he, he had one empty net goal against the fucking Islanders. One empty netter. It's pretty yeah, good. Those it's Islanders, pretty, man, they pretty play tight. $8 million. It's pretty good. Right? Yeah, yeah. One empty <laughs> I will give Taylor Hall credit. He got in a fight. Yeah. So he did play with the motion. Listen, I'm hard on the kid. I think his stick's too long. I think he's got a yeah. twig. I, I saw mean, that. He fucking gets the puck in the fucking, he's fucking fumble fucking it. Uh, Cassidy came out and said he likes him. I think Hazy, to answer your question, at the right number, I think Taylor Hall, I think Cassidy made a couple mistakes. I thought he got out coached by Trotsy. I thought when their second line wasn't producing, they should have put up Nick Ritchie or somebody else and moved Taylor Hall down. Yes. Or moved Smith down. They had to shuffle the deck. He kept that second line the same, and they weren't producing. So that that was, to me, a kind of a mistake by him, Hazy. Yeah, and the one thing that you, you're probably going to agree with me on is – when you're in a game and playing against the other team and you start like fucking around with your second and first line, that looks like a lot of panic, in my opinion. Like your coach is starting to panic. Like what type of message does that send to your team? So that's the big rumblings right now is the Boston Bruins 
they feel like they have the right pieces. I think they need to add some pieces to that back end. If you listen to the radios around here, they're calling for uh, Bruce Cassidy in the front office. They think that's time to make the change there. I just don't see it happening. I think Bruce Cassidy's done a pretty good job with that team. But, I mean, I don't know. Is he a guy's getting sick of him? That's the biggest question, I think, in Boston because you have all these players and you just can't seem to get it done. I mean, they were just competing for a cup, what was it, last two years ago? So, like, they're they're right there. But I'm just trying to figure out what they're going to do with that front office and Bruce Cassidy. Listen, look at the division they had to play in this year, too. It's like, you know, even to yeah. just even to just make it, you know, out of the first round for them, you know, you got to be good. You, you have to be a good team to do that. And, and the Islanders are playing such good hockey, too, right now, like depth hockey, uh, playing on the right side of the puck. Everyone's scoring goals. Barzal's now finding his game. It's That's just like you just got outbeat. You didn't yeah. like you didn't play terrible. You just got fucking beat. At sometimes you you just you gotta like you, you gotta tip your hat. You gotta tip your cap holes. It like was nice that. fucking nice putt. Yeah, yeah. You made fucking eight <laughs> birdies in the last ten holes. Well, nice putt. Hundred feet of putts today, Upshaw. But the big thing I think during that uh, game six and I, I mean, oh, was you probably loved it. And it's it's one of my good buddies that Kyle Palmieri hit on McAvoy. That was a fucking cheap shot, I think, and that and that that changed you and the fucking, series. You and, Coo- you and Cooley, you and Steve Cooley should fucking hang out. You think fu- every fucking every that was fucking a cheap shot. Is, I mean, fuck. What Who cares? You, it's playoffs. Take the two. Yeah, fuck but there's like rules for a reason. And then McAvoy <laughs> went down like fuck he was yeah. fucking shot. Well, then like, he had on, he missed seven Come minutes. On. He misses those seven minutes, and then that's when the fucking wheels fall off. And no, granted, I don't think Charlie McAvoy's absence was the reason the Bruins lost. I think they were gonna probably get outplayed anyways but that just goes to show you their depth like once you lose McAvoy they didn't even know who the fuck to put on the ice no it's a good point and there was people that agree with you on it I thought yeah it was a shoulder to kind of the nose which I guess is a penalty. <laughs> that's, I don't know, that's called a headshot I thought McAvoy kind of sold it a little bit to it embellished it and then I think he had to go to the quiet room because of that I don't think he was as hurt is this my opinion think about what you want I didn't think he was as hurt as he was acting I think in my opinion Hazy they missed a veteran D-man. They, yep. they missed they missed Char. They let Krug leave town. They need to do that. I thought their depth guys, I thought Wagner played unbelievable, but just couldn't put the puck in the net. I thought Great Nick Ritchie point. played well, couldn't score. Coyle played well, couldn't score. DeBrusque was in and out of the doghouse. I just think their depth guys are good, and if they would have scored, because they had chances. I mean, Wags was probably their best player in game six. He, was, he had so many chances. That was that's awesome point that you just said that I had it written down here. He... That's like he was the most noticeable guy for the Boston yeah. Bruins. Him and Marshan were the two most noticeable guys on that entire team, and I'm I'm happy for Wags because Wags is a guy like I mean maybe this summer I can take um take him to the rink and we can work on some finish, but <laughs> he's fucking he's playing well and he's doing his role well. Yeah, and I mean I think you know Hazy. What about Krychek? He's uh no Krychek, Krychy. He's a free agent. I think they should bring him back because you know I think he makes guys better around him. Yep. Yeah, he, they yeah. they have to, and then he just said like in his interview the other day, he's kind of like uh, he doesn't really say much like when it comes to like the personal stuff, but he just said like I don't know, there's there've been no talks of the contract. I wonder if they're in that same situation with Tory Krug where people in Boston are pissed like how have you not re-signed yet? But it seems like he would love to stay here, but he just doesn't have a deal right now. And I I agree with you, Obes. I the Boston Bruins need to figure out a way to keep him, and he keeps performing. So I mean he's. Probably not going to want to take much less than he's already making. He's the highest paid player in the team. So I just don't know how they're going to figure out a way to afford him and Taylor Hall. And then, or do you take one or the other? 
or they can try to agree to a good number here. But the Bruins need to figure out a way to keep Krejci because he's and he's a big piece to that team. I think he should go somewhere else. You think his time's up? Yeah, why not? He only a couple more years. Yeah. Like he's been around. He's been there forever. He's a lifer. Jimmy, the city loves him. What he's yeah. done for that city. He's been him and Bergeron two one two centermen on a team. You know, for 12, 12 yeah. years yeah. plus. I think you know. You know where you should go then? It's Florida. Yeah. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Everybody to wants to go there. That's exactly what I'm Go to Miami. Get a place in Boca. Fuck fucking, you, you know, your license. wife will be happy. She's not living in fucking North End Boston. Like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> It'll be perfect. You could be second line center or, and then Sam Bennett, third line center behind Barkov. I got Krejci to Florida, so we're on the same page. Totally. Oh, I love I think that. he'd be a good fit there. I think if he left town, though, the Beast fans would miss him. I know, but still, just do it for himself. I agree. I mean, I'm with you. And then Tuka Rask. What do you think about Tuka Hazy? Are they going to bring him back or? Um, I think I think Tuka Rask is one of the best goalies in the game, and it's unfortunate that this playoffs had to end like this because of injury. Like we just said, if you can stay healthy, it's a whole different team. This guy is battling through. I can't wait to see, or I, I mean, I don't want to see. I just want to know what exactly his injury is because he was obviously hurting. But I think the Boston Bruins got to keep him. He's he's obviously on his back nine, and they got this young kid Swayman who they think the world of, and you know I think to have a competitive one-two punch like that is huge for the Bruins. I think when you have such a good line like the perfection line and good pieces, I think they got a couple years left. I think they're obviously yep. getting a little long in the tooth. Bergeron, what is he? 35, 36? Yeah, yeah was fifteen. So they're getting away. they're they're getting up there, but um, good run on them. I mean, to the Boston Bruins fans, that series between the Islanders and them that the TD Bank Garden hazy it was rocking more than I think I've ever seen it maybe since the finals when they won it against uh, Vancouver or the finals against the Blues but uh, the fan base was unbelievable anytime the bees are in it it's better so tea times have you seen those boys banging around they got to be on a bender what are they doing Wagsy's got to be getting pinned doesn't he I, I got a text from a couple of those guys asking for a Miami connection so I think they flew <laughs> down to Miami to have a good time yeah, yeah, so. yeah. fuck as they should they deserve it after everything they went through so um. Tea Times continues on with my former team, the Colorado Avalanche. That's a tough one. Boys, bet. this yeah. one this one hit home a little bit for me. When I woke up the next morning after they lost, and fucking game six. Listen, I'm going to start there. They come out. They get the first one. McKinnon's got his legs buzzing. I'm like, yep. here we go. They got a chance. They got a fucking chance. It's a perfect start for them. What Grubauer did on the first goal when he was looking in the corner, I went low to high, and he was still literally looking in the corner. I'm like, all right, that, that's that's not a good start. I it, mean, it made up for the for the opening goal they scored on Flurry. Was it was <laughs> that five, the top? That, five. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, so, yeah, yes, okay. Five. Um, I mean, one the, for fuck, one. the first one they scored was Taves went fucking right in and ripped a top cheese in Game Six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah McKinnon right, threw a right. sick pass to him. Yeah, McKinnon's buzzing to the Sam Gerrard kid. Listen, I've had some tough nights in the show. Pull up the fucking. <laughs> that's right. a bad Pull night. Up. That is about as bad as it gets right there. I mean, and. To my old D partner, fucking Nolan Pratt, who continued to put him over the fucking boards. I mean, I guess they didn't have anybody else. They missed Eric Johnson. Um, Namath, that defense, is that how you say his name? Yeah, Nemeth. Nemeth, he was horrendous. He couldn't make a fucking play. I was thinking about getting my fat ass off the couch and getting out there. At least, at least I could have maybe chipped a couple pucks out. But um, listen, they were great all year. Oppie, I guess they fall into the category, in my opinion, of they're like Tampa. Right, it takes time to win. Vegas was so good. You told me at the start of the year how good Vegas was, and they were. Their D were better. They had more depth. Um, and you said at the start of the series, if they can find a way to shut McKinnon's line down, then they can beat them. And they absolutely did that. 
I think Pete DeBoer made an adjustment after game one where every time McKenna got the puck, there was two guys around him. Yeah, they one behind him, one in front of him. They weren't going to let him beat him. I just think, and John Michael Lyle said this when he came on, that the Eric Johnson injury could maybe be the difference, and I think it was. I think if they have EJ against Vegas, he's six foot four, he's big, he can skate. Um, I think that would have made a difference. I think Grubauer at the end of the day wasn't good enough. I think he was great all year. And it's a learning experience. Whatever reporter that was in Denver that did that fucking interview. About him, <laughs> oh, my God. I mean. How hammered was that guy? I gotta, you got to tighten that up a bit. You can't let him get in there, can you? How's he <laughs> I don't think he was in there. I think it was over a Zoom. Over I mean. Zoom. How does he get in the Zoom? Over Zoom. So so McKinnon is, is let's just think about this. Is he just staring at a few cameras listening to this? He's or was there people computers, in there? yeah. That is fucking insane. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure we all took like our moment and watched it 10 times. And like, <laughs> The I guy mean, was like half, half newfie, half like gangs. Like <laughs> it was hilarious how how it was. The message was getting delivered to the point where it was like, did someone hack? Did the Russians hack? Yeah, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was like one of those joke setup things. Like this, like how the fuck someone hacked the fucking the line. I think. I mean, when he said, "You guys," when he goes, "Do you guys just <laughs> think you fucking fuck. overthink it so much?" <laughs> it was like, it was like, what? what? I would have liked to see a better reaction out of McKinnon. I think he was just, you know what? The one thing McKenna did say, because they, they will be back. The Avalanche will be back, obviously. But he's like, I've been in the league nine years now. I haven't won a fucking thing. So yeah. it's kind of true, right? Like, it's, it's yeah. getting to the point where I thought it was their year. Um, Listen, it's unfortunate. Obi, that's, it's a great point. And it does, it hits home for you more so than any of us here because you had won a lot of money on him this year. Yeah. Everyone in the hockey world was expecting to see Nathan McKinnon you know, compete in the Stanley Cup final. That was no question. Grubauer, you talk about him. Vesna caliber season. The first round, epic. Yeah. Games one and two plays unreal. Games three, we're sitting in Vegas watching the first and second period, and he is making save after save after save, and we're just like, oh, God, are we just running into this goalie? Like, <laughs> yeah. Since when is Grubauer this, like, you know, Carey Price type of goalie? Yeah. And I swear it was when we were talking about it, the thing just turned. They scored a late goal to tie it up. It's my own fault, right? They, was... they scored a late goal to tie it up. Then fucking Vegas comes, wins a huge game in overtime. And all of a sudden, this tide turns. Vegas gets life, and they win the next four straight. The hockey world shocked. McKinnon's going home and teeing it up with Crosby. And it's basically, you know, on to next year for them. It's yeah. crazy. It's my own fault. I took him in game. I took Vegas in game three because we were there. Yeah. I was like, but I wasn't concerned that I was. I was a little concerned after game two the way Vegas played. And I was like, ah, they were just playing desperate. Colorado hadn't lost a game in playoffs yet. They'll bounce back here. They'll lose game three. They'll win game four, and and they'll end up winning the series. But the adjustments Vegas made, Broadway. But that's my own fault for fucking betting them in game three and then expecting them still because it changed up. When Marshall Soul banked that one off Grubauer's ass in the net where yeah. you almost fell to the suite. <laughs> and then fucking, they tipped the other one in and won that game three. Something changed, Hazy. Something fucking changed. Yeah, that, that was it right there. Because we literally, like you set up, we were talking about how good this kid is. And then from there on out, he he just got lit up. And well, I'm going to break him down a little bit more when we get to our top titty because he absolutely fucked me. But yeah, he, he, <laughs> he just didn't uh, show up. And then... Uh, and then you got a goalie on the other side who's been lights out, and he looked unbelievable again last night. So it's all about goaltending this late in the year. You got to, like we yeah. said, it's depth and goaltending. If you got a hot goalie, you can ride this guy right to the cup finals. It was a great year for the Avs. As a former player, I was proud to watch him play again. Landy, um, I yeah. thought you did a great job leading that squad. 
Uh, Kyle Keefe, John Michael Lyles, the boys at Altitude. You guys did a great job all year. So they'll be back. They're probably teeing up at like Cherry Creek in Denver, right? You ever play there? No, what's Cherry Hills? Yeah, I have. Fuck, what a track, huh? I took a member there. Uh, me and Thority went and played while we were with the, Pan the Panthers. Yeah. And this guy takes us out. I forget how I had the connection, but he takes me and Thority out. And I wax them for like 600 bucks. <laughs> the member. Yeah, the member. That's how you don't get invited back. Here. And then right we get into the clubhouse and the guy just like, um, hey, yeah, the men's room's over there. And, uh, you know, just, you guys want to grab a beer or whatever. And then he fucking leaves. The member left? <laughs> you ruined his left. day, Uppy. You ruined his I'm fucking like, day. I'm like, fuck, did he, authority, did he just leave or what? Like, so is it because I've won the money? Like, yeah, the money's it's ex good. It's exactly yeah, I, Fuck, why. we'll call it even. Like, just come have a beer after the round. <laughs> I fucking took off. That's how I, you, I, I didn't even get, obviously, that's how you didn't don't get, get paid. Back there, <laughs> yeah. I did Eagle 18, which is an epic par five. I heard that course is sick. The whole 18 is great. It's a, it's a, it's a fucking dead straight, like 560-yard par five. The, the hill is all angled like this. And I remember crushing a drive obes and I had maybe like a, a three wood downhill lie. So me for a big cutty. Yeah, you love that. And I put her like 12 feet and this guy was just like sweating. He's like, you know, I had him bent over. He's like, I'm out of here. Fuck <laughs> this guy. I'm not even buying this guy a beer on my tab. This guy fucking sandbag. Hey, we'll, we'll, think, get, we'll get back there. I think our boy Drew Shore is a member at that course. So if we're ever in Denver, we'll take him up. Shorzy? Yeah, Shorzy. I think he's a member I of that. I play with Shorzy. He's a beauty. Yeah, great kid. Um, that was our, our good life segment tea times to the bees and abs good season boys it's hard to win that's why all three of us are sitting here without one um our next segment by our good friends at canada so i got a fucking lip boomer in yeah do you like these spicy ones boys i'll try one right now they're pretty good actually after dinner they give you a little woo uh segment by our good friends at canada lip boomers called the semifinals. broadway let's start with you islanders lightning game one what a fucking snooze fest i mean there was two reasons I fell asleep because I had a fucking long weekend golfing and hanging out with Mac L and because of this game. What did you what did you think? It was a perfect road game for the Islanders. Yeah, it, it was exactly the like you said, perfect road game for the New York Islanders. It was not the performance I thought Tampa Bay was going to have. And they just they just looked like they had uh some mental lapses throughout the whole game. And then you got a guy like Steven Stamkos who turned the puck over for the first game and I mean for that first goal. It, that's just something you just don't see like I know I agree I get what he's saying after the game he said he's like just trying to make a play but it was one of those plays he tried to make a play and he's going for a change and then he sent a guy in like Barzell and it just finished but um I, I just love this fourth line for the New York Islanders I think they're they're a line that brings so much energy to this team and I think being able to play your fourth line throughout the entire game is going to pay dividends so huge it's going to pay dividends not just in game one two and three if these series go deep like, I think you go look at uh, the New York Islanders roster. I think only one guy, then Peugeot, played 19 minutes as a forward. So they have none of their forwards playing big minutes. And I, that is so big for the New York Islanders. And I think that's why they're where they're at right now. And they're up one nothing in the series. They are playing some New, Jer New Jersey Devils fucking 1999. Yeah, they capitalize. They're, they're playing stingy. It's tight games. They score timely goals. Uh, they're, they're playing like little pricks. And, finish your checks and it oh. wins it, it's it's winning trotzy and i always said this man come playoff time uh, coaches you know maybe they don't like they don't are the re they're not the reasons that you win and lose but trotzy and his, his coaching staff they find a way to fucking keep their team in the game till the very end score a goal win in overtime fucking how are you Puck management is puck huge. Management. Trotzy says it in every fucking press conference. He's like, our puck management was great, but it is. <laughs> it's good every game. I'll be you first. 
I, I kind of ripped the Lightning fans, and I played in Tampa for a couple years, two and a half years. I love it. It's a great – the atmosphere around that barn, especially playoff time, mm. there's 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 a band outside, there's bars, there's Jackson on the Bikinis. water. And whatever, for whatever reason, these fans were snoozing, the players were snoozing. Afternoon games in the playoffs. I mean, at this point, do we really need them? I don't think it's good for the players. I don't think it's good for the fans. I get it Sunday afternoon for the people over in Europe so they can watch it maybe. I don't fucking know. But I don't like an afternoon game at this time of the year. It's a good point, Obes, but Sundays Sundays are your day um, for the NHL. I think that, you know, they would never do it. I don't even think they'd do it on a Saturday. But Sunday, for some reason, I think, you know, that, that 3, 5 o'clock game on the East Coast, it just, it gets more, I think it gets more viewers for them on the East Coast, which might help. Um you know, Sunday nights are your fucking sixty minutes, and your you know your TV shows. Your fucking home sixty life. minutes. I haven't watched home sixty land. minutes. Are you watching sixty? No, oh, I'm not watching. My old man watches sixty fucking minutes. Shit. Sixty minutes. I'm not watching that. Are you kidding me? I'll watch some porn. Um, no, but uh, I just think Sundays is their only day that they that they could do it, and that's. But now that there's only four teams left, to your point, yeah. I think you can get away with just making them like. You know, I don't know. I just think not afternoon. The boys are still sleeping. Let's Saturday be honest, night. The Come best on. part about a fucking afternoon game was when she's over. Over, yeah. To hurry. I can get you right to hurry. <laughs> you got dinner lined up. You got the fucking club lined up. I mean, the best uh-huh. games. My two years in Vancouver, and this is when the Leafs were shit. They would come in for a Saturday afternoon game at four o'clock in Vancouver for seven o'clock on the East Coast, and we both years would just kick the shit right out of them, and then booyah, I would have dinner table Sunday off. Like it was just like the perfect. Like, the perfect storm for me. It was my favorite day of the year in Vancouver. But through playoff time, you know how it is, boys. Afternoon games, you don't know what to eat. You don't know what time to get up. Yep. You don't know what... You know what I mean, Hazy? It's like, yep. I think this time of year, I think you got to keep these games... These guys are on a fucking routine, and it's it's better for the fans. It's better for everyone. Especially with four teams left. They're, they're, yeah. I actually was kind of pissed the game was at 3 o'clock because having two kids now, like... They're, they're wide awake and buzzing. So, I... I <laughs> but, but, like, from a from an athlete standpoint, it's... The, you go to pregame meal. What do I have? Do I have lunch? Do I have breakfast? Do I have both? I'm usually dabbling both because I always wanted my waffle. But I, I, I think the NHL just needs to put the seven o'clock Eastern time, and that's just the way it is. It's the, these guys are in a routine. They've earned that right to have the games basically at the same time. And, and I mean, it gets different when you get out in the West Coast, but they need to make sure these games are at seven o'clock. There's no need for an afternoon game. The only like reason I like the afternoon games early on is because that means there's like two or three games on. Yeah, exactly. In the first in the first round, I get it and stuff like that. But to the Tampa fans, come on. I mean, last year they won the Stanley Cup in the bubble. They're finally back. You're full capacity. I know you got better in you. Game two is tonight, boys. We're recording on Tuesday. I'm hammering the lightning. Hammering them. Minus 195. I'm taking on a DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, minus 195. I'm taking the lightning. Hazy? I got the lightning, and I'm taking the over. I'm the Fucking over, over five. It, if five I, is huge. I take that now right now. I five. Take five and a half. Before it goes to five and a half. When it's five and a half, it's tough. I would take the under, but at five, you got to hammer the over. Is that the is that the rule? Is that Although, I think so. I never do over-unders. I never do over I had Shaddy over last night for dinner. He said, uh, we talked about Valesky. Do we just we that? That boy, Hazy. That's what we got you. Hazy, you're the name guru. He said he's like the daily. It's the it's the hardest thing to ever score on this guy. Like okay. it's pack, practice or in the games. I mean, you want him on your squad. You talk about Pekka Rennie catching everything. Yeah. The guy doesn't give up any rebounds. If he does, it's fucking galloped up. 
Swallowed. Fuck, he's the size of the net, isn't he? He's bigger than oh, the net. He's huge. Yeah, good. He's a good 10D. Uh, Tampa the night. Over five. Over five and a half. Parlegs, baby. Um, boys, the other semifinal brought to you by Canada Dips. Vegas, Montreal. Listen, when nobody gave him a chance, I got to be honest, they came out pretty good, Hazy. And you had him at one and a half. I was like, fuck, Hazy might be, might, might be onto something here. I took Vegas straight up. What did you think of the start, Hazy? They hung in there, flurry kicked, and then Vegas just kind of took yep. it over. I, I hammered uh, Montreal at one and a half, plus one and a half, and I I was so pumped to see that first 15 minutes, how fucking much they were flying around. And then when they're down one nothing, that's when I started scratching my head because I was like, I don't know what else Montreal could possibly give to Vegas and Vegas is handling it all. And then when they give up that uh, the- Theodore, he scored that, that slapper, that first goal. Right? That was a good little scream. That was, that's yeah. another thing that about fucking, fucking laser about beam face-offs. You can't lose them fucking clean like that. And then stole the lane in front. Yeah. Yeah. But I just think I just think Go ahead, Hazy. No, I just I just think watching that game, Montreal Carey Price played unbelievable. Oh my and they God, still and they still didn't have a chance. I think uh they're gonna see that Canada, the cookie division north come down and play some real teams. It's uh, this could be a quick series, boys. Yeah, Canada. Enjoy that CN Tower looking like that <laughs> for this week. For about it's three be more o- games, yeah, for, and then it'll be back to be blue and white. Soon. Yeah. I just think fucking Vegas, and they did this against Colorado too, is they just score like timely goals. Like it's just like nothing's going on. Like it was like the fucking Yanmark goal. Tuck gets it, throws it at the net, hits a stick, hits another stick, and goes in. And like yep. it just seems like they have so much traffic. And we know that arena, boys, we were there. It just gets buzzing loud. And it just seems like, I mean, it's, it's tough for these guys to stop. And they got off to a great start. I think not having Petrie, I saw a, a picture of him yesterday. He was skating, boys, and he was literally holding a stick like, like oh, that. Oh, God. Broken wing. He's got a broken fucking fingy, I guess. Ooh, I played in the playoffs with broken thumb. It's not cool. Can you do it, though? You did it. <laughs> I played, yeah, I played the whole thing. My thumb was mangled. I mean, fully mangled. Is but the if thumb it's, better than the pinky, you think, or are these two fingers? It was my bottom hand, and it was, um, it was just shattered into the joint, so I had it like fucking taped and and just stuck there now mind you i couldn't stick handle but i might i have to stick (laughs) i was just i was just a passer and i would just it was hilarious just full one hand on the pk just going around yeah i remember that um but glue guy that's it yeah i think if petrie if he can't come back i mean just get in the lineup fucking try out the red one Get in there. Um, okay, get I'm, playing, in there. I'm playing it right there. You can go no pinky. Look at this. Hold the stick. Can you um, hold the stick like that? The pinky, yeah, the pinky you can. The, if it's your hand, though, who knows? If it's a broken hand. Yeah. Oh. You look like boys. Because I was saying the same thing. I'm like, fuck, a broken hand. You got to get out there and play. Like just like you said, play with one hand. And then I saw a picture of him holding it. And I was like, if he's literally holding his stick, you can't play against the Vegas goal. If it's his top hand, it's you're in one. Yeah. 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 I'll t- and I'll tell you who else is in one. The Montreal Canadiens are in one. It's safe to say I think the Vegas Golden Knights are going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Right? Yep. Yeah, unless, you're, you're hearing it right here. Unless Fleury gets hurt and fucking they forget how to play hockey. But um, Boys, Father's Day right around the corner this Sunday, U.S. Open weekend. We talked about Uppy. Um, the good old dad trips, right? Father's trips. The father's trips are being on the road. I'll start with mine. I'll, t- I'll, take, I'll tell you mine first. So... This one was, I was in Colorado and they were bringing the dads to Dallas. And it was right after All-Star break. And I was in Vegas with Loops and Voros. So we go to dinner and I'm already in one for the game tomorrow because I just had three nights in Vegas. So I'm like, dad, <clears throat> you know, I'm not going to come out with you. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to go home after dinner. I got to play. And this, this was when I was actually playing like 20 a night. So I was like, 
He's like, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm like, you want to come home and just shut her down with me? Like, because they put you in the same room, right? They don't yeah. even give you your same room. They yeah, put you great. in the same room. And he said, no, no, I'm going to go for one beer. I said, oh, you're going to go for one beer, huh? Yeah. I go, okay. Sure enough, fucking 4.30 in the morning, and he comes, fucking room key, fucking banging around, opens the mini bar, bag of chips, taking a piss, like, and then finally I'm just like, would you shut the fuck up? And he's like, oh, fuck you. So um, I'll never forget that. To this day, I don't know why they didn't just give him their own rooms. It's the National Hockey League. But he came in, old pitter, I love you, drunker than a skunk, pissing with the bathroom door open, opening the mini bar. I'm oh, like, yeah. I got a fucking game tomorrow. So, um Dad, I love you. Happy Father's Day. And that's always the, the, the thing I think about up done. Yeah, me too, Obes. Um, Father's Trips boys are there to thank our dads and, you know, all our guys' dads for everything they've done, for the sacrifices, you know, of the early mornings of, you know, working overtime, Obes, to buy us new skates, you know, always having fucking fresh tape and a new twig, yeah. you know, tying up our skates when we're kids. Although my dad made it, made it clear that if I wanted to play hockey, I'm tying up my own skates. Note to every young kid out there. Tie up big Scott, skates. I like that. Um, but I do remember like down the stretch when I was in St. Louis and I was obviously, you know, in my St. Louis days, I was realizing that this isn't going to last forever to enjoy it more than, you know, I ever have. My dad, who's a young, he's a younger, younger father, but I, th I even think those trips, he was, you know, realizing that. And, uh, you know, him, Oscar uh, Bertuzzo, Rick Schwartz, these guys were, they were leading the charge. Like they'd been there before and they were like taking it on their wing. They get on the plane. They're like fucking talking to the Stewie's like, hey, where's our IPAs? Where's our beer? My dad drinks Coronas. I made sure there's Coronas on the plane. Uh, and then we landed in Tampa. We all go for dinner and then we all go to the club after. And uh, of course, at the time, you know, I was single buzzing around and maybe found a little lady, a little tall drink of water. Al uh, shout out to Alex Kilhorn who, who threw a couple shots threw a couple shots down the bar for me when I was up there trying to in the line and he's like Upshaw I got you and nice. I'm like I look over and I'm like fuck it's a classy, classy move anyway so my dad I take off early we have a game we didn't have a game but you know took off early yeah. which is probably like 12:30 and my dad stuck around and then took these boys bar to bar to bar and the guys the next morning you know my dad shows in late like you and yeah. fuck he snores like a lock <laughs> but he was uh, he basically um, you know, the next day I had all the dads come up to me. Fuck your old man's just like you. He fucking shows up, <laughs> takes us all through the, you know, through the VIP. Yeah. You know, we're wondering where he is. Look over. He's got a little, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was all time. So Big Scott, love you. You're the man. Um, me and Brento, fucking thank you for everything you do. And uh, yeah, you betcha. Yeah, boys. Uh, I'm lucky enough to have Big Daddy, who's been, uh, you know, he's been the the main force behind having two sons in the NHL at one time, and I mean that was the coolest thing for him. He loved uh, being able to come, especially when I played in New Jersey. He loved being able to take the the Amtrak right into uh, the Prudential, watch a game in New Jersey at one o'clock, get on the train, go back to New York City for the seven o'clock game, and to me, uh, to him, that was the best day in the world. So I uh, thanks Dad for always being there for me and getting into the NHL, but. The one trip we had, I think the, my dad got shafted a couple of times because the Bruins did some mom's trips. But we and then when we did we the, did a mom's trip in Vancouver. Then too. when we wow. did the dad's trip, he ended up going to Carolina. So Carolina's mm -hmm. a tough spot. But my dad, as you guys know, he's he's not a drinker. He's he's been sober for thirty five years. So he's one of those guys that likes to be the first one up in the lobby. And he thinks he's fucking Mr. GM when he comes to all these team trips. Like he sits there and just shoots this shit. You'll see him right down there in the lobby doing his little thing with the, uh, the uh, front desk and then seeing what guys are up early. And 
telling me like I'm obviously one of the later guys. I'm usually hung over. Look at fucking look at Chara. Chara's up there early. You got to get your ass going. But um, one of the funny things though was we were uh, on the plane home, and of course, me and my dad, only two people sleeping on the whole plane. So I know Bolesky's got a picture. <laughs> got a picture somewhere that I got to get to Princey so you can start laughing. And me and my dad snoozing on the bird. But just want to say thanks to my dad for everything he's done for us, for both my brother and I. And you know, it's pretty cool that he had two kids in the NHL. Yeah, that oh, was yeah. sick. One more, other one about my dad real quick. So it's, I'm in Nashville and for whatever reason they do the fellowship in Philly. And you know, like on the bus, and my dad gets pinned the night before, you know, on the bus street, it's like downtown Philly, right? It's like stop, start, start. So he looks at me, he's like, I'm going to puke. I'm, I'm like, dad, I'm like, dad, there's not many rules here, but you can't puke on the pregame fucking bus. Like it's after morning skate, right? And then we get back to the hotel. He has to run up to the, run up to the hotel room. And the guy from Nashville Predators TV is like, hey, uh, you think I can get a chance to talk to your dad? I'm like, ah, give him 15. Yeah. Give, give him 15. So, Pitter, father like son, buddy. We came out of the gates a little too hot on the road. Uh, I love you to all our dads. Thank you very much. Hazy, top titty. What do you got, fella? Uh, Scotty Upshaw, what are we going to do with you, buddy? Are you going to play? Are you going to play? We're begging you I to play. I fucking reserved my – I reserved it. <laughs> I actually picked – I, I was on an airplane – and I fucking picked the whole thing, which I had to do. I couldn't do it on the app because the yeah. app wouldn't load. So I did it online, and it reserved. It said I was in, and then I had Petro too. I had Petro yeah. as my captain. That's which a was, good pick. I, yeah, it was it was a joke. Um, so anyway, it must have been a malfunction on the plane Wi-Fi. <laughs> malfunction. But it's <laughs> private malfunction. jets have those Seriously. problems. Must have been a malfunction. Good thing it wasn't fucking a bigger malfunction than that on the bird. Fucking ball. United. <laughs> no, What's seriously, that? I had it in. How many is that? Is that is that three in a row he's missed, Hazy? <laughs> I, I pay my I bought, bought my entry. Get in there, reserve, but it just didn't. Fuck. Hey, hey, hey! We just just play. Oh, keep up, hey, Hazy, keep him on. Stay just, on, just, just, stay hey, on hey, just play right. this way. This week, we mean Obes. Hope you're. Hopefully, we see you up there Friday night. Hopefully, you're playing. Bottle of wine. But uh, bottle of wine. But, I got hey, Obes, Obes. Another great start for you, but hey, sixth place. You got off to a hot start. I was I checked in during the game and I was like, "Fucking is O'Brien gonna win this thing again?" But we got to give a shout out to our winner, who is uh, Ma Double Zero Two Seven. But that was pretty Boston accent. Ma winner, winner, that chicken, Boston accent. <laughs> but uh, he had 102 points, and his uh, big plays this week were having Max Max Patch ready as a captain. He had 27 points. Alec Martinez. 21 points and this guy had nine block shots nine i think i had martinez. nine in a season one year <laughs> martinez block one he blocked one last Fuck night too that hurt oh is he like is Willie he, mitchell out there is he like the new like kill mccarr guy like to ride in this DraftKings because he's scoring goals and he's blocking shots like he's he's been a guy i've noticed every game so far for the golden knights i mean if Shea Theodore keeps fucking sliding over those fucking backdoor one yes. times. I could have fucking played that one, but that was that was a great play by Theo and that Martinez man. Yeah, he's he's a warrior. He blocks him like that every night. Yeah, and I mean, I'm just been so impressed with this kid. And then uh, Devon Taves is another guy that had a big night for Colorado, but um, since we're since we're down to four teams, it's like we only get those two games, that one matchup each Friday night. So it's all about the captain. And I put Grubauer as my captain this week. And the motherfucker got me negative points. Negative points yeah. in the top titty league. So, Fuck, he was bad in that game six, man. He was awful. So that that's going to be the strategy. You're going to have to figure out uh, for Friday night, Vegas versus Montreal, who are you going to be your captain? Because the guys that uh, are winning these things, are their captain's the one getting the job done. 
So that will be game three. That will be an interesting one. I wonder if maybe you take Carey Price as your captain and hope that he stands on his head because I think if there's a game Montreal could win, it could be game three. Yeah. So may, yeah. I might just I might go heavy on the fucking halves, boys. I'm not going to lie to you. What do you we'll think see. their feeling was last night during warm-ups? Holy shit. Right? <laughs> Finally, <laughs> like, I can see my boy Edmondson being like, fucking right, so we're back in yeah. Vegas here. Not, Let's go. Hey, Uppy, not but, even warm-ups. There's some rumors on the street that these guys finally got to go out to dinner. So they might be floating around the strip, fucking checking out some restaurants, checking out some babes. So these guys, might be, they might be down 0-2 leaving Vegas. Yeah, I don't know though. They're they're still on heavy court. They're yeah. still locked in there. I don't. Think I, know. I thought about. I, I, I got, thought about. I got info that there's scoops. five or six guys. They might have been out there having some dinner. I guess I was out on a patio. But. I was thinking if if we played Montreal all year, up and you know we hadn't been out all year, and then we go to fucking Vegas for the semifinals, would have we stayed in? You know, I'd like to think we would have. But it would have been fuck. I would have had the. I would have had the edge if I've been in lockdown with no fans all year. I might yeah. have just been like, yeah. what's couple going on? visitors. What's going on there? So, congrats to our top titty winner, Hazy. You the man. We got our boy, the beast, Brian Berard, coming at you. Welcome back to Missing Curfew, Updog Scoopsy, a legend. First overall pick, 1995. I used to watch this guy fucking snap it around for the Detroit Junior Red Wings back in the day. Oh, wow. Little Caesars? No, the Junior Red Wings. Uh, okay. Junior Red Wings. <laughs> and then uh, obviously got to know this guy. First time I met him was in Vegas, which we'll get into. But our boy. All-star, Hall of Famer. Fucking legend on buddy. and off the ice. Showed me how to do it in New York. Showed me how to do it in Vegas. Showed me how to do it in LA. Cabo. Fucking Bonnaroo. This goes on and on. <laughs> the Beast, Brian Berard. What's up, guys? Sorry I'm not in studio with you. I was looking forward to getting, getting out to LA and getting in studio with you. But this will have to do for now. I know. We've been wanting you out here for forever but you've been busy working obviously which we're happy for but at this time with the islanders and the bruins playing i was like we got to get fucking Berard yeah here. what talk better a, time let the people play, hear them talk it's a little playoff time. hockey absolutely i actually went to game six two out in the island too and to be honest with you i haven't been to coliseum probably in 10 years and uh that place was just electric i mean i brought back some good memories and, and those islander fans are unbelievable yeah, so just t- like be just touch on that, like when before the games, the way they tailgate and then the energy in there. Like for me, I thought it was a huge difference in that series. I picked the Islanders before the Boston series, and then once I saw that home ice advantage they had there, it's just like it's it's fun to see, and I'm enjoying these Islanders fans. It was awesome. We actually went a couple a couple hours early too, and did uh, walking around as tailgate with some of the fans, which was great. And it was pretty funny because now you know. I it's been a long time since I've been retired, but uh, there's a couple of young kids with retro jerseys on, a couple of Berard jerseys, uh-huh. and I actually went up to the I went up to the kids and said, "Hey, great jersey!" And they didn't even know it was me, which is kind of pretty funny. <laughs> 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 no idea. But we uh, going into the game. I mean, the national anthem had chills, and the Islanders oh, are just that was they're nice. they're just solid. I mean, they you know they roll four lines, and, and I watched all the games against Boston. Boston just looked tired, especially Game Six. I, I think they just warmed down. Yeah, B, let's let's talk about that fourth line because me and Oppie were talking about the start of the pod here and, and Hazy was just mentioned it like how important not only that fourth line for the Islanders, but just fourth line this playoffs in general. To be honest, I mean, they're D too. I, I really during the regular season, I haven't watched the Islanders play that much, but they their six defensemen are all six guys are they're just steady. Um, they're tough to beat, and I was really impressed with them. Um, and that's why I think they beat down Boston. And look what they're doing to Tampa. I mean, I, I would definitely pick Tampa, but Islanders right now, I think they're, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, they play they play hockey, but beast the right way this time of year. Uh, obviously, just 
you know, separating themselves from like making mistakes to just like playing tight, keeping themselves in a close game and then fucking, you know, the Trotsy way, just finding ways to score, to score goals and fucking hang in there. Um, but that, talk about that barn for a second. That that barn for me. I played my first NHL game in there. You, you're that was your first game there. First game ever. <laughs> I put fucking five thousand dollars on the board. Wow. Frosty, that, that that was because Frosty had the fucking marker, and he's like, "You got to make a statement here. You're the first. You're the first round pick." And I'm like, "Fuck. Okay. How much?" And he's like, five grand." I'm like, "Fuck." Usually, it's one of the older guys talking into that, but it was our boy Frosty. But uh, anyway, and then Love Frosty. Of course, Love Frosty. my first shift, I had Adrian Acoin absolutely walk me on my blue line and went in and rang, <laughs> rang one on the bar, off the bar, and it went fucking up in the in the upper deck at Nassau Coliseum, um, which was yeah. Anyway, Oki could walk the blue line. Well, it's, back well, it's still it, it's still a shithole. <laughs> they it's renov- still a shithole. Right? They renovated oh, they it, though, right? They, they renovated it, um, but it's still a shithole. But I'll tell you what, the building was that those fans are unbelievable. It was definitely electric. I think it definitely helps uh, get those guys going for sure. Um, I mean, I started my career there in 1996. To me, it was a great place to play, to be honest with you. We had a young team. It was guys like myself, McCabe, Bertuzzi, Ziggy Palfi, um, even like Eric Brewer, Zidane Chara. We had a lot of good guys that uh, before Millbury pretty much dismantled the team. But it's a great place to play on Long Island. I mean, you're close to Manhattan. You're close to the city. Um, you know, the Hamptons, it's, it's a great place to play. Beast, I wanted to um... – <laughs> Uh, I wanted to bring up, could you imagine right now, modern day hockey in Nassau Coliseum, a defenseman banging on the glass, yelling at his girlfriend before he goes, before she goes and walks over to, to his wife to fucking rat him out. Could you imagine that ever? Can you imagine that, that in the new age NHL? That, that was one of my, uh, that's a great story there with, with Milbury. And I had Milbury actually, <laughs> one of my teammates was kind of a little bit, getting a little bit in trouble. And I got a big kick in the back from Mike Milbury saying, what the hell is your buddy doing? And uh, we won't name any names, but that's one of the better stories. Because in the Nassau Coliseum, there's maybe six at that time. There's maybe six to eight thousand fans there. Uh, it wasn't a big game at the time, but uh, it, it's a pretty funny story. But again, we can't name any names. No, no, we're not here to we're not here to throw anyone under the bus. AB, hey, when you talk about their back end in Long Island, bro, I'm with you. Like Pollock, Mayfield, Pellick. I mean, these guys they defend, but they can also move the puck, right? Like yeah. they're breaking the the breakout passes are right on the tape. It's neat and tidy. Absolutely. That Pellick, I was really impressed with him. They got Green and Dobson, obviously, you know, an offensive guy on power play. But they're sixth. I mean, right now, I I can't see a a better six in the playoffs. That's my opinion, and I think they're playing that way. Look across at Las Vegas' D. Yeah. That's true. I mean, Vegas is a wagon. I mean, it's just – it's impressive. I I think a lot of counted them out with Colorado, but I I, – Vegas was my pick for sure. I'd like to see Vegas-Tampa final, but, uh, you know, We'll see what happens. Because for me, Kucherev is one of my favorite players to watch right now. The guy's nasty. Oh, he is nasty. And that's the thing is, do you think the New York Islanders, they win that game one, like taking advantage of Tampa's mistakes? Do you think the Islanders can like truly pull this off? Or or is this kind of one of those things where you see Tampa just not fully plugged in for game one, which was kind of shocking? My only question mark with the Islanders would be the goaltending. I know they played great so far. Both of them played great in the playoffs. But, you know, Tampa definitely has, I think, the best goaltender left in the playoffs. Yeah. Even though Flurry's playing great, uh, I still think Tampa's got the best goaltender. So we'll have to wait and see. I, I, I love this time of year. It's down, we're down to four teams, and it's it's a lot of fun to watch. So how 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 good was the tailgating before that game six? Because I saw some stuff on social media. It looked like it was fucking slammed. It was it was hot as hell too, but everyone was, <laughs> everyone, was <laughs> everyone was drinking. It was fun. Everyone had the jerseys on. It was. I'm telling you, it, it was a great spot. I'm glad we went early. Actually, it took us. 
I'm up in Mount Kisco, New York, but still, I forgot about the Long Island traffic. It still took us two hours actually to get out there to Nassau Coliseum. But once we get out there, uh, I think we're chugging white claws on the way out there too. But so I had to piss a couple of times on the way out there. It's just a great, great spot. Yeah, I think it would be great. I, I, I personally, I'm pulling for a New York Islander Vegas final. Wow. I think it would be. Same. I think it would be just epic for for hockey and for fans and just Islander fans and. You know, Captain Cons and fucking all the people that get chirped all the time for for them not getting there again. Yeah. You know, yes, they had their heyday in the seventies, but fuck, it's like it would be just great for hockey. New York, fucking alive again. Fucking, you know, just you know, you know what I'd like to give a little shout out to too, right? Is the New Islanders owners? They're doing such an amazing job with that team, with the with the alumni. I mean, they, you know, they gave us tickets, they gave us great seats. Um, they're just doing a great job, and they got that new building that's going to open up near, near Belmont, the, the horse track, which is fantastic. Um, so, you know, it's, it's good to be an Islanders fan right now, that's for sure. Yeah, B, you bring up the alumni, and just just touch on that real quick because I know like guys like even like Kanopka and some other guys that Trevor Gillies that didn't play a whole long time for the Islanders, but they take care of you guys really well, right? They bring you in and like you know do charity stuff for you guys and and really make you feel part of the squad. The, the new ownership has, I mean, it's it's it's. I guess what I guess you know, Millbury and the, the old ownership with Wang kind of kind of pissed off and scared a lot of the alumni away. And you got guys like Clark Gillies, Nightstrom. I mean, these guys you want to be around. They're, they're, they were great players. They're great guys. Um, so it's good to see the alumni back. And, and everyone's at the rink. It was me. We I bumped into Steve Webb, uh, Sean oh, Bates, yeah. uh, Webby, oh, Sean Bates, Batesy Kaka. Um, <laughs> McCabe, McCabe, McCabe was there, so it was just a bunch of uh, just ran into a bunch of guys, and it was a lot of fun. How's Caber doing? Doing good. He's up. He, he li actually lives in Long Island too now for the summers. He's got a house up there with his wife and kids, so he's doing pretty good. I love that guy, man. Caber, huh? yeah, he's a he, fucking legend. And and he talks about you and you and him were roommates, right? Your first, we were, yeah, we pro. we lived uh, we lived uh, almost three years together. And then be honest with you, when he got traded, it was tough because. They traded him and Bertuzzi, and, and we we were really close. Um, so when he got traded, it was it was kind of kind of woke me up a little bit. And now you know, basically, it's it's a profession as well because I was definitely bummed out when they traded him. How was it playing with a guy like Todd Bertuzzi? He was one of those guys when I first got in the league that was fucking intimidating as shit to play against. I remember I took a high stick, lost two teeth. <laughs> from Riley Sheehan, and then the next face off, Bertuzzi thought I was fucking faking it for a four minute penalty elbow right to my teeth. I got another six stitches in my lip. I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this guy? Bert, Bert, Bertuzzi was a monster. He was a man child, too. I actually played junior against uh, Bert in Guelph, too. We actually beat them in the uh, OHL finals. It was him and Jeff O'Neill, but Bertuzzi was a big, strong, yeah. big, strong, you know, player, um, power forward. Um, he was a good guy, too. Bert was great. He, was he had ox. fucking just like old man strength when I played. Oh, like, man. He was in Detroit. Fuck. I got it, in two fights with him. He grabbed me. I was like, uh-oh, this is not good. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And Bert didn't get when he got pissed off. He didn't get pissed off too much. But when he got pissed off, he could throw some guys around pretty easily. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. B. I he was in Detroit. I was in Nashville. They had nobody in Detroit those years, right? So I was just acting like an absolute hero. And then finally, near the end of the season, he was just like he had seen enough, and he grabbed me. And I remember he had me, and he was throwing these haymakers. B. And I was like, if like I couldn't even move my head because I was like, if this hits me, it's it's nighty night. Yeah, he's strong, <laughs> strong play. He had a great he had a great career. So as an ex-Islander, I got to ask you, like, it's got to feel good to see these guys back where they are and then maybe just touch on your former other squad, the Boston Bruins. I mean, that Series B with the TD Bank Gardens Rocket and the Coliseum Rocket, that was by far, in my opinion, the best round of the second round. 
I agree. I, unfortunately, I didn't get to go uh, to a game in Boston. I would have liked to, but it's just great to see the fans back in the buildings too, which is which which makes a big difference for the playoff hockey. But I, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I picked Boston to win that series at the beginning. Um, but once I saw the Islanders play, um, I thought they were going to have a hard time. And, and honestly, in Game Six, they just wore them down, and, and Boston looked tired. And then they only had that one line. Your buddy Hall there did kind of disappeared there, Oops. Uh, <laughs> all the, all disappeared. All yeah, exactly. And they, even Crutchy uh, too kind of struggled a little bit as well. But and he's a great player. But I think those guys kind of there was they only had that one line. That's all they yeah. have. I mean that line's def- definitely the best in hockey. But um, they're impressive to watch. But I think they got tired. That fucking line is impressive. And B, I talked about. I mean, you know this more than anyone. Like come playoff time. Six defensemen's important, right? Like, they, they didn't re-sign Char. They got rid of Krug. Like, it kind of, to me, near the end of the series, their D from, from the Islanders, give them credit. They looked, like, just banged up. Obviously, Carlo was hurt, stuff like that. I think Carlo hurt them a lot. Yeah. McAvoy looked, you know, he's playing a lot of ice. He kind of got banged up a little bit as well. Um, I think it hurts with, with, you know, he doesn't have the uh, protection with Chara gone as well. Yeah. So, but uh, they just get, honestly, they just got tired. And then, and then the goaltending, Rass was great up until, you know, I'd say game you know, four or five, and then he struggled a little bit. Yeah, he got hurt, though. I think he got hurt. Because, like you said, I, I, he, was, he was playing lights out, and then all of a sudden he's starting to not look like himself. And it has to be some sort of serious injury for him. I agree with you. Definitely. Beast, Beast, you're 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 around hockey a lot right now. You're working with with some young kids up in in New York. There, uh, the style of of game and the pace of play and the playoff, like you know, just watching hockey now in general. Describe it's, kind of describe, yeah, like the feeling you have when you watch it. Like we, we sit around loops and I and obes and we watch the game and the penalties that get called and and the speed of it. Thinking like, fuck, how do we how would we even keep up in this game? What well, what do you see from your eyes? You were an incredible skating defenseman, um, you know, good puck mover. Uh, what what do you see now in in the in new NHL? Well, first, I wish I was born about ten or fifteen years a little later than I was. <laughs> I, 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 I love I love to be playing right now, but the kids are so talented. I mean that. You know, the fourth liners, when when I was back in the game, I mean, it was mostly heavyweights and tough guys that really weren't the best skaters. Um, so now everybody can skate, and the agility, the talent. I mean, even the kids I'm working with now, the two 18-year-old twins, I mean, their skills, their hands, um, you know, and they're on the ice a lot too, but they're always working, and, and I think it makes a big difference. I mean, we just kind of trained in the summer a little bit, and, uh, you know, I, I just think the skill level is so high right now. We just trained a little bit and got our dancing legs going in the summer, didn't we, B? <laughs> That's it. Worked on my tan at the Hard Rock Pool. About we, it. We, we were more worried about how we're going to get th- through those four days at Bonnaroo. Can we get through those fucking days? Fuck with Oves. <laughs> Oves is a dancer, isn't he? Not He's, anymore. I'm not. Not anymore. No? No. I, mean, I, I, didn't I, see, I didn't see many moves in Vegas. No, I was, I was, I was sit back and take it all in there. Yeah, you deserve that. Yeah. There was a lot of moving on those legs when you were fucking going. I still like to move. Now you were moving well. I, you would have been proud, B. You would have been proud. Um, speaking of how, Vegas, I was going to say that how was Vegas, boys? I haven't been to Vegas. I bet you it's been five years. I kind of quit gambling, so it's t- kind of tough for me to go out there. But uh, I miss that place, and it looks like it's uh, going. It looks like it's, it's on fire right now. Business is sure. booming in Vegas. I'll tell you that. Well, B, every <laughs> time, every time I go to Vegas, B, it reminds me of the first time I met you at the old Brockheimer hockey tournament, and we were, you know. Our boy Tom Riley hooked us up with some sweets, but we were in scramble mode. It just made me realize when I first came to Vegas with you, you had a fucking suite at the Hard Rock, and then you had the stripper pole suite at the Palms, too. And we were just going back and forth from suite to suite, and I was like, this guy's a legend, and I was like, I got to stay in this league as long as I can. Hey. I think we had a few little uh, French girls with us too, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, you, <laughs> but, you, you had everything teed up for us, but those twins from Montreal? No, they were uh, twins. No. I think, but 
Not that, not that time. Not that time. It's <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, Vegas was – I, I kind of learned from a, a, a buddy of mine, that um, Boston guy, and uh, he was a big-time gambler. And uh, so I kind of got involved with him early on in my career and, and started going to the Hard Rock. And the Hard Rock used to, you know, fly us out in Boston. They used to fly G2, pick us up, be a few guys, myself, Joe Thornton, Nick Boynton, a few guys. I think Rick Tockett's been on the, the plane before. Uh, so we used to go out there and just kind of rip it up for a weekend. Usually it could last maybe two, three, four days and then time to go home. But, you know, we, we gambled, <laughs> hit uh, experiment, crazy horse. It was, oh. it was good times out there, that's for sure. <laughs> the Rhino is back. The hey. rhino is back. I, I, I love I still, I, yeah, the rhino, we used to just walk right in the back door. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, bro, hey, B, I was just joking. When we landed in Vegas, I was like thinking about back. Imagine back in the day playing and having to go into Vegas to play on the road. Like, could you imagine the feeling you would have landing there? It, that, how is that building? That's what I want to ask you guys. That building just uh, looks electric to play. Buddy, it looks awesome. It's, it's got to be the best in the NHL. It's, it's like, it's like a nightclub. It's like the uh, nowhere. It's like um, what's the fucking tent that we used to go to at Bonnaroo? Oh, where do you, where, the, it's where, like the, the other tent? tent. It's like walking into the other tent at <laughs> three in the morning at Bonnaroo. Where do the teams? Do you guys know where the te- where do the teams stay when they go there? Do you guys know where the teams stay? Yeah, when I was there, we stayed at the Mandarin Hotel, which was right by Aria, just actually across the street. You just had to jump uh, like in the overpass to it. Um, but it was a it's it's a non casino hotel. Uh, basically just obviously for more reasons than than one but um yeah it's a good hotel too you never know there's a mandarin hotel in vegas because you're just fucking yeah. hitting the ones that are have the, have the stripper pole suites in them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly broadway oh yeah no uh b you just touched on joe thornton uh, a little bit there so i just wanted to know what was it like playing in boston that's probably the closest to your hometown being from rhode island and having a guy like Joe Thornton on your team, I mean, he I think he had 101 points that year. I just hear stories about this guy, and I just wanted to get the firsthand experience. Jumbo, Big Joe was, was awesome. And I was lucky enough I got to play against him as well. Uh, he, was a, he was an underage in Sault Ste. Marie, so I kind of was, was, you know, me and Joe were familiar with each other. Boston for me was awesome because my parents, basically yeah. season tickets, my dad could go to every single game from a big family as well. So I grew up about 45 minutes uh, south of Boston. And it was great. I mean, unfortunately for me, it kind of sucked because I, I had a decent year. Um, I put up almost 40 points. Um, and I actually thought I w- would resign in Boston. And uh, the good old Bruins, they did one of those arbitration. They lost on purpose and they didn't want to pay, pay me the money. <laughs> that, uh, I was worse. So as Chicago ended up signing me and I went to the Blackhawks. For me, I've been lucky enough. I played in some great cities. I believe Boston, Chicago. The, the only really shit all I played in was Columbus. But that was a great, you know, that was a great organization. Um, Me too, so, Beast. Only shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, especially for a single guy, I was 31, 32. It wasn't much much chasing around there. That's <laughs> nothing. There's <laughs> nothing. <laughs> no. Not even at Ohio State? No, it might, have been, it might as well have been COVID going on when you were there. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jim, Boston, Boston, my dad was, I mean, my dad got to go to every single game. So yeah. that, you know, Boston's a, it's a, it's a good memory for me, that's for sure. Should we talk Bonnaroo? Fuck it, Bonnaroo. I mean, Beast, Bonnaroo. we should go back to Bonnaroo. You because think uh, September 4th, 5th. I've never been. Jacket, uh, Tame and Paula, a couple good DJs. Fuck, I mean, some of the best times I've ever had were cruising around the farm farm with you boys. And I'll always remember Beast. You know, you'd bring Liz there. He's the only guy to bring a girl. And yeah, that, bus, like that, slide and that bus, if that bus was a rockin', don't come a knockin'. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy, the, the, that the, 
<laughs> one time I had it going pretty good, and then remember I, I woke up with uh, Biz Nasty was in between me the one time too. I was like, well, how the hell did that end up? I think he had his he had his uh, Superman speedos on too. If I remember that. <laughs> he, he had uh, he'd be the first to tell you, and he has he, but he had a bad mushroom trip oh, the first night there. He, yeah, he, absolutely, he tripped out and had to snuggle up with you guys in the back bunk well, there. Well, we should we should definitely do a Bonnaroo re reunion. That'd be great. Hey, B, do you think we could do four nights like we used to, though? Do you think we could do four? Or I don't know if I got four in me, fella. I could give you maybe one or two. Uh, we just have to bring, maybe just have to bring in some nurses with the IV bag. <laughs> yes. That's what we need. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, the best the best part about that for me, boys, was was the arrival. Like, walk, like coming, getting picked up at the airport, shuttling in, going to get our fucking passes. We had the babes there. We're like already scheduling what kind of show we're gonna get. Like you know who's gonna you know roll up the Chiba. <laughs> Fuck it. it, definitely wasn't Lupul. And then who's you know get the beers on ice, get a Bud Light, go see a show, and then like it just knowing you have three or four days with your boys for you know. Yeah. It was just, great. I was just along. I was along for the ride. I knew you guys knew music. I was I was a big music fan, but not as big as you guys. So I was just along for a ride and just follow you guys around. It was, it was awesome. Every music festival I went to with Berard was like, I would just follow his whatever drink he was going to drink. So day one, I'd be like, Berard, what are you drinking? And then day like, because so, he always like knew by the third day, I'm like, what are you drinking now? He's like, I got a little uh, vodka with a little bit of this. And I'm like, well, that sounds refreshing. Because by <laughs> you got to mix it up. You gotta mix by it that up. third day, Berard, hey, you're like, what am I going to drink today? And you always had the answer for me. So I appreciate that. I yeah, I'm not, a beer, a, I'm not, not a beer guy either. So I, got, I, I stay with the hard stuff. Yeah, me too. Think of <laughs> like five guys just wandering around that place, getting just absolutely annihilated, <laughs> trying to find your way back to like the golf car or like behind oh. the stage. Where's this stage? It's amazing that we just got through it all. Well, Everything. thank God for the golf carts. If there's no golf carts, I probably wouldn't have got through. <laughs> I was like, I would have hung a left when I shouldn't have made or something. <laughs> well, yeah, please, well, you know what? It's hot as hell too, and it's humid as well. So you sweat it out a lot. You sweat out a lot of the poison out too. So that's why I think it can last four days. Beast, you, you talk about you, you said like you didn't know much about tunes or whatever, and that you know you just come with us. But it's almost like everything you did for us, we would just be like, Beast, you got Bonnaroo's not the same without you. You got to get here. We'll teach you all the bands. You know, you, it's it's not the same without you. And I and I say that because I had you in training camp in Philadelphia, me and Loops. And you should have made our team that year. It was a fucking joke. But, you know, I remember that following year, right before you went to Russia, you, me, and Loops, and a bunch of babes, we fly to Cabo for all-star break. And you taught me just everything you need to know about how to do a, a proper NHL all-star break for the single guys. You got to fly in the girls. You got to make sure the house is dialed. It's got to be on a golf club. Uh, here's the, here, here, you know here's the golf here's it's the golf, go to golf club. We're gonna go down to Nowhere Bar and start our night off there, and then we're gonna go to Mandela, Mandela, Mandela. Um, but I she was able to share that with the rest of my young single friends for the rest of my career because you fucking started me down the path. So that's that's my thank you to you. Oh, you're you're welcome. Cobble, Cobble's great. Time. <laughs> I mean, we've had a great time in Cobble. All all, all of us golf golf and uh, dance parties on the greens at Diamante. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So this is, this is a good story, but we're just... Dance we're, parties on the greens? We're, we're rolling our titties off. And uh, <laughs> we, we get to this green out at Diamante, and it's on the top of the hole. It was hole 11, right? Par 3. Yeah, yes, correct. And we're out there. We got flashlights. We got, uh, you know, we got our girls with us, me, Beast, and Loops, and we're just doing our thing. And, and next thing you know, like five, like five golf carts show up, like all the lights and the flashlights, and we're like, oh shit! It's not that I thought there was any security at Diamante at the time because it was such a new development. But all these guys come out, and we're like, fuck! Oh, hey, Senor, you know, 
we'll keep it down. And no, they weren't there to fucking tell us to turn down the music or whatever. They brought us coolers of beer and shots and everything. And it's like we're under the we're under the stars, just fucked up. And, senior Bar- you know, senior Berard, senior Berard, they used to call him. Yeah. <laughs> senior Berard, senior Berard. Um, yeah, awesome. B. So yeah, sh- fuck, you are the man. You are the man. <laughs> Beast, I, I just a- wanted to ask you. Go, you went overseas that one year, played in Russia. Is it as crazy as people make it out to be? And if you can share at least one story with us, because I've just heard this fucking place. There's no rules over there. Yeah, I, and I was in VT, uh, VT's too, and I think that owner now, I believe he might even be in jail. It was Nikolai, but it was pretty <laughs> wild. I, I'll, I'll give you a quick story. It's actually right when I, I signed. It was they already started probably 15 or 20 games, so I went only went over there for half a year. Um, but I get to the hotel the first night, and I'm with my agent, um, and I meet Nikolai, who's the owner of the team and the owner of the hotel, and um, he's a big drinker. So I start. We sit down, we have dinner. I start drinking with him. Now it's like 2:33 in the morning, and I'm pretty drunk and, and just exhausted. We just flew in. I'm with my agent and stuff, and, and first night in the hotel, I, I, I go, I got to get out of here. He doesn't speak any English to the owner. So I said, I basically <laughs> called Paul Theophanis, please, uh, please um, you know, tell him I'm, I'm just exhausted. So the first night I'm in, in the hotel bed, and, and I'm passed out finally, and I just hear this monster knock on my door. I'm like, come on. You got to be shitting me. The first night, who the fuck's at my door, right? So I, I take, I look, and it's my agent. He's like, open the door. I'm like, no. I said, Paul, I'm going to sleep. I'm exhausted. So he goes, no, you have a couple presents. You have a present for you. And uh, so I opened it up in two dime pieces. And Nick, Nikolai says, the owner says, welcome to Russia. So, oh. <laughs> I said, You're like, what a I, league. What a league. I ain't fucking leaving. So, so, I found some, so, I found some, so I found some energy. Oh, I fuck yeah. Hey, that got your legs feeling better, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, B, we appreciate you coming on, fella. Hey, we had a guy on our DraftKings uh, he won the World DraftKings Hockey Championship, and he was a Rhode Island guy. Yep. And we started talking about Newport, Rhode Island, and I got to bring up Maddie Fernandez. Anyways, I want to come out and see you guys. You're going to be in Rhode Island at all because you and Maddie have been telling me for years that this place in the summertime is a good spot. Yeah, we're going to be there. I, I look, I'm going to try to rent something for the month of August because I pretty much have – I'm up training the kids Monday through Friday and then I have the weekends off. So I think I'm going to rent something there this summer, probably maybe a couple weeks in July and then the whole month of August. Once I get back to seeing you guys, I'm probably going to head out to Newport Beach to see you fellas uh, for the 4th of July, and then I'll uh, be in Newport. So you guys got to come out. Newport is awesome. It is banging right now. It's, you know, it's the restaurants are great, and people, you know, people want to get out from, you know, obviously with the with what the year has been, it's been tough. So people are out and, and uh, having some fun. How's Maddie doing? He was just texting me. He's such a beauty, but he was texting me about the <laughs> Phil Mickelson a, co- a month ago that he took right. Phil for, I mean, what a beauty. He's he's as degenerate as you get. But he's <laughs> Still. And uh, but he's he's and a dad. Too. Like dad, he's dad yeah, of, he's he, got little Maddie Junior now. He's yep. dad of the year, so he's uh, he's behaving. Yeah. RB, you're, you're the man, buddy. We'll get you in studio when you come out here. We just wanted to get you on Talk Islanders. We know you're busy with the, the hockey stuff, but buddy, we love you. We appreciate you coming on. We'll have you back out here when you're in Cali, my man. Absolutely. Miss you guys. Love you. Talk to you soon. Right, Thanks, Thanks, See you, brother. Fellas, thank you to Brian Burrard. Um, we'll get him in the studio for sure, but he's an absolute beauty. Um, Islanders legend. He was at the game. He said the place was going off. He called it shithole, but he still loves it. He's got yeah. a spot in his heart for him. Yeah, Islander legend, Leaf legend. Legend, legend. Life legend. Yeah, Vegas legend for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we didn't even get into half the stuff with him. Like you said, it'd be better to have him in studio. He's such a well-spoken guy, hardworking guy, back-working, teaching kids hockey. Um, always love the game and such a good outlook on it. He's he's a, he's the man. Yeah. 
Scoopsy? Yeah, legend is the is the key word when you think of Brian Barard. He's I've had some awesome nights with him in Newport, Rhode Island, which you guys need to get your asses to, and in Nantucket. I know you both have been in Nantucket, but you can just tell he's a guy loves the game and he's a great hockey mind. Like I, I've sat down and had a couple beers with him and talked hockey, and it's fun because he's into it and he loves chirping the shit out of all my picks on the Parlay Cafe. Fuck, we didn't even get into that. That's what I wanted to do more than anything. We didn't even get into it. We forgot to. So we'll we'll get him back. But he likes another reason to come on again. He likes to let you have it. So B, Brian Brark, thank you. Updog, enter to win. We have our fucking grand prize winner. He's from fucking Cowtown, Calgary, Alberta. Wow. Sort of princey. Cameron Anklewich is the grand prize enter to win. Fucking winner from Calgary. German, a little German from Calgary. Fucking ankle witch. I hope I'm saying that right, Cameron, buddy. But congratulations Shout out to you. Thanks for thanks for everyone for participating. Yeah, we got oh, a lot of good awesome traction, stuff. a lot of great gifts. Thanks to our sponsors for for stepping up. Did he win the hazy stick? Yeah, won the hazy stick. Yep, Ooh, gotta get his get address. That That'll we're be gonna in have to the get mail. that over the border. Oh yeah, we'll we'll figure out a way. We can. We've got all all the shit. They're not, let, they're not letting humans across the border, but hopefully they're <laughs> yeah. hockey stick. They're like Kevin Hayes hockey sticks though. <laughs> So congratulations to him. Oppie, you mentioned our sponsors. Thank you, DraftKings, Canadips, Good Life, Manscaped, and Aura Rings. Um, and to our listeners, thank you guys. Without you guys, we don't even have this podcast. And rate and review us on whatever platform you use. Spotify, Apple, whatever it is. Um, chirp us, but just give, give us, us a five star. Give us five stars. Like you can you chirp do, us, but give us five stars. Like yeah. you do with your favorite porn videos. <laughs> I know you rate those. If you rate those, rate us. All right. You boys, I love you. Uh, big game tonight, Tampa. I'm hammering them. Hazy, you the man. That was missing curfew. Thank you. The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.